living through one of those changes that historians will mark the end of one era and mark the beginning of another. T-E-T-C. The end times continue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the end times continue recording on this the 18th of February. I am Dino and you are Ace. Ace, my friend. How have you been lately? Uh, it's been going. Good. <laughs> it's been going. Good. Going is better than not going. Um, That's right. Oh, boy. It's been a week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, things happened. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been playing Helldivers 2. It's very fun when you can get logged in because oh, yeah. the servers are... I've are... seen... <laughs> what you say? You I've seen so many clips. I've seen so many clips of it. Uh, it looks really chaotic. It is super chaotic. It's super fun. Um, the the last game, Helldivers One, had a player base, a peak player base of about ten thousand people max at any one time. Uh, that was their their peak concurrent players. This game has broken four hundred thousand. So there's they were very unprepared. Yeah. Yeah, uh, uh, it it from the last thing I read about it, it passed GTA V's Steam um, concurrent players. Um, it beat that record, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's very cool, and it's it's doing that not even being on Xbox. It's on PC and PlayStation Five, right? Yeah, um, and that's only Steam's concurrent, right? Uh, or were you including PlayStation? As I was well? I was including everything. Um, oh, okay. They okay. yeah gotcha. uh, on Steam. I think their peak is around three hundred, two hundred seventy, something it's like, like three thirty or something like that. Oh, I, is I it that high? high? Really? It's like three thirty, three forty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, they they broke like they they basically hit four fifty. They had to hard cap their servers. Yeah. Because they they just cannot deploy in time. Um, mm-hmm. or really upgrade because what they're doing, they, they're using a third party provider for their servers. So they have mm-hmm. to just every time the servers get slammed, they have to upgrade their plan basically with their provider. And, and then the provider has to deploy stuff and it just, it, it takes time. Um, they've had two weeks now to sort of get it solved. So people are becoming frustrated, which is fair. You spend upwards of $40 on a game. You, you want it to be able to play it. Right. So it should be working. But, um, and actually the, the developers agreed with that. There was a Reddit thread about people not being able to get into the game and the, everybody was like, you know, dick riding the developers. And one of the, one of the developer accounts came in and said, no, 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 it's fair. If you're, if you're spending 40 bucks on a game, it ought to work. (laughs) Right. Which is great. I'm happy to see that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, fun game. I recommend people play it. Maybe. Maybe wait until some of the server stuff is is lined out so you don't just get frustrated with it. But it is very, very fun. Um, okay. Something else that's fun. I don't know how effective a combat role is in real life. Do a barrel roll. (laughs) I don't know how effective a combat role is in real life, but I have to assume that if you do two of them in a row, it's incredibly effective. It's like uh, in Dark Souls, you get iframes and invisibility <laughs> frames when you do it, right? So like, exactly. you time it just right, and then you can you can dodge a nuke that way. Everyone knows this. You can't take damage <laughs> if you're in the middle of a roll. Clearly, right? Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be fair. Well, I don't think uh, I don't think that was too much of a concern in the instance that we're discussing because 
uh, the the attack on this uh-huh. poor police officer. Yeah, came from an acorn. Tell me, man, those damn squirrels. Uh, they're <laughs> me- <laughs> I, I assume everybody's heard this story by now, but man, it happened at the beginning. It's the funniest thing. Um, and it's only funny for one acorns. reason. Oh yes, yeah. It's only funny for one reason, and and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But but just for now, let's enjoy, let's enjoy this audio from the beginning of this instance. Um, okay. So what's happening you, here? Uh, is there anything you should spit out? Okay, no, right, sorry. Yes, yeah, yes, uh, yeah. <laughs> I was just gonna get to um, the 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 body cam. This is body cam from this event. The officer is walking past his shop, his cop car. He's walking past it. There is somebody in the back seat who is handcuffed. Presumably has been patted down and stuff and and uh, and and is cleared to be uh in custody um and he's in the back of this cop car the all the doors are closed and everything as the officer is walking by the cop car an acorn falls and hits the car and uh, acorns i don't know if you've ever heard them hit a car it's been happening a lot here yeah. over the last oh, season yeah. or so uh, in in Houston because there's a season where a lot of acorns fall and and oh, yeah. it, it happens every few years, and it's just really, really loud and annoying when they hit your car. In in one of my uh, family's old houses, we, they, our, our um, driveway was like right under an a, uh, an acorn tree. Yes, and they, they would fall all the time on the top of the car. Right. So it's and it's loud when when they hit. Yeah, but it's uh, it's loud, but it's also uh, it's, it's maybe not gunshot not loud. loud. No, it's not. <laughs> so we have this officer. He walks by his car, and you will hear what happens after this acorn. Uh, after this acorn attacks the officer, walking by the car, he shouts, "Shots fired!" Twice. He does a combat roll. Followed by another combat roll and another shout of shots fired. <laughs> you always have to do two. One is not enough. You got to do two because, you know, the enemy could be encroaching upon you and you need to get that distance. Sure, know? sure. And if you can yeah. if you can get two combat rolls quick enough, the iframes are extended. Right, exactly. Yeah, if you time it just right, you can get double iframes. Right. Uh, and so here we have this officer. He's completed his combat rolls and now he is on the ground. Uh, heading into the street. Shots fired! He has pulled his firearm and he is now pointing it at the back of his own vehicle with a handcuffed individual in the car. That's 11 yeah, shots. That's a lot of acorns. Yeah, I know. He's fighting a whole battalion of squirrels. <laughs> He shot out the back glass of his car. He shot 11 times into the back of his car. Uh, he has no way of knowing whether or not he's hit the individual who's in the back of the car. And his partner is now reacting to what's happening here. So let's see what happens there. Oh, I'm hit. I'm hit. He's hit. He's, he's hit. He, he hit the ground and he goes, oh, I'm hit. Those precision strike acorns are just uh, really something not to mess with. Acorns flying at him at Mach 1.5. I'm it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have those squirrels with like the bomber glasses on and the uh, and the helmets, you know, just uh, doing a kamikaze with their acorns. It's uh it's yes. a pretty violent side. 
It's yeah. extreme. It, it, it's, it's, it is, frankly, it's, it's the most violent thing that can happen yeah. to a person. Yeah. The squirrel said a cab, and then they just, you know, killed themselves <laughs> going knock along with the acorn. <laughs> the squirrel just squeaks out, fuck 12, and starts hucking yeah. acorns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, okay, so the officer's now on the ground. He's fired off another, uh, how many shots was that? Six? So that's 17 shots. His, fi- his firearm is empty. He has mag dumped in the back of his cop car. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he is about to eject the mag and pull another magazine. That was the mag hitting the ground. What? I in the car! I shot through the car! He, uh, he is crawling on the ground to get behind another car and yelling that he, is, that he has shot through the car. He's now laying on, the, on a driveway. <laughs> Slide is back on his firearm. It's sitting in front of him on the ground. Slide is locked back because it's empty. He's got a magazine there. He has not yet put the second magazine I, into the I'm, gun. I'm good. I feel weird, but I'm good. He's good. He feels weird, but he's good. He feels weird, he feels weird but he's good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, wait, I mean, look, if you do two uh, combat rolls, you're going to drain your stamina, so you're going to be a little fatigued. Yeah, it makes sense that right. he feels weird. Yeah, after that. yeah. He's going to be, he's going to be slowed. Because yep. of because his stamina, he he let his stamina yep. go all the way to zero. Yep. So that makes perfect sense to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. This whole thing is is fucking emblematic, dude. Uh, if any listeners uh, call your congressman, um, have them do something about these assault acorns uh, <laughs> running rampant through our streets. Um, they're a real problem, and no one wants to do anything about them. Um, they're putting our brave men in blue in, in the line of danger. You just made uh, me spit day. Celsius all over my fucking monitor, you prick. Oh, you said that and immediately I I'm spit Celsius. Oh Christ! I agree with you. I agree. We have to take care of this terrible problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Um. So yeah, this this whole thing is only allowed to be hilarious because none of his shots hit the guy in the back of the car. Yeah, he, he what shot? What seventeen shots or, or seventeen rounds? He mag dumped. Yeah. And he missed, luckily, all of them. <laughs> yes. Uh, missed the guy actually sitting in the back seat. Uh, Not a single one, actually. Can you imagine being that guy just sitting there in the back, oh you're handcuffed. You, you see yeah. the cop outside the car you're in. And yeah. he starts freaking out and yelling shots fired, runs behind the car, and bullets start coming in the back of the car. Right, and you don't know like where to move because any any movement you make could be you could move into the line of fire. So right. it's like, what do you do in that situation? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, dude, I would need new pants. Right, like that would yeah. be it for me. That would be like I I would be legitimately I would I would be positive I'm going to die. Yeah, like that is that is fucking terrifying, and 
This no. officer, uh, by the way, he did resign. I'm I'm sure he's going to get a job on another force in a neighboring town, so he'll be fine. Yeah. Um, preferably one without trees and squirrels. <laughs> but he, uh, he, he. This is this is only allowed to be funny because not only is this cop a jumpy retard, but he's also a terrible shot. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. These uh, are the people who should be the only people with guns. Of course. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> no one else should be allowed to have a firearm. This moron, though, he's good. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yes, I, I, uh, you know, I watching the video. It's like you pointing out what you said. It really is absurd. Like the double barrel roll that he did. Why? Why do it? Like you know, okay, if you're trying to get like if you're trying to make yourself a smaller target and also away, just slide or crouch. Right? Just crouch. Right. right. There's nothing. Or slide. There is like, nothing that a combat roll does for you that running I mean, crouch won't do faster. Right, maybe he's just trying to, you know, dodge bullets. I mean, he's really acrobatic, and he can just predict where the shots are going to come from, so he's just, you know, going to, like, dodge them in midair, you know? Yeah, that's exactly uh, what's going on. He, he, he thinks, he, the, the, what he doesn't know, though, this is what he doesn't know. He's actually in the movie Wanted, and no matter how many oh, times right. he does a combat roll, the bullet can curve and hit him. Right. <laughs> Terrible movie. Really good comic, though. Very different things. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, this dude is one of the dumbest motherfuckers on the planet, and he is in the class who are the only people who should be armed, apparently. Yeah, of, of course. Right. I love this video. I think this might be my favorite video. Yeah, no, this is absolutely, like, for a different reason, but this is up there for me with the cop going down the slide. Yes! Uh, For a very different, it's a very different video, it's for a very different reason, uh, but it's still up there for me in that that kind of tier. Yes, exactly. Um, I I just, I, I, I I am just shocked and amazed. How do you mag dump in a situation like that and not assess your situation at any point? Right, right, yeah. <laughs> I just don't get it. I just don't get it. But he's stupid. He's obviously stupid. Yeah. Uh, in the year 2000, uh, maybe it was 1999, there was a case uh, federal out of a federal appeals court where uh, it was found that, um, I can't remember the city's name, it might have been the city of New London, was allowed to have an IQ cap officers oh i remember this yes i i know about this yeah 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 so um it is it is perfectly legal and not discriminatory for uh cities to have a requirement that their cops be a certain level of stupid right just 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 so everyone knows apropos of nothing i bring that up yeah, just, you know, in that range where it's not like they're too stupid to be uh, not functional, although, mm-hmm. well, you know, maybe they should reassess uh, how they let this guy in. Uh, but uh, but also in, in that range to where they'll still be able to just follow orders and just, you know, do whatever their superiors tell them. It's, Somewhere you know, that's, between that's drooling down their own chest and questioning the consequences of the orders they're given. Right, exactly. That's that sweet spot, right? That's that <laughs> sweet spot. That's exactly right. Yeah. 
Um, God, I love the video. I'll link the video in the, uh, I'll link the video down below just so you guys can watch it, because it's the funniest thing. Um, we also have, I want to cover just a couple of things before we get to the big topic of the day. Um, so, the Brady Campaign, are you familiar with this organization? Oh, yes. The Brady Campaign, uh, for those that are not, is an organization that, it's a gun control organization. And they uh, released a tweet that many thought was very interesting. It was very interesting. Uh, A lot Mm -hmm. of people were talking about it immediately after it came out because it is, um, I'm trying to find the actual copy of the tweet. It's, first of all, it can be read two ways. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that was their intent. Here's the tweet. Um, Our new study finds that despite making up just 14% of the U.S. population, black Americans account for 60% of firearm homicides each year. Honoring black history means ending gun violence. Learn more about the facts that make us act. And there's a link to the Brady campaign's report here. I, yeah, I, I don't know how, like, look... Obviously, you know, people might not swim in the same like type of circles online, so maybe they were just unaware of this. Yes. But it's hard to imagine that people like if they had any type of review process for like how they uh promoted like articles or their you know, their tweets in some regard. How did like some there's gotta be some like zoomer out there who's like, whoa, wait a minute, maybe we shouldn't uh, write the tweet like this. Maybe just changing out the word despite alone despite. would have been enough. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For those that are unaware, the word despite has a meme status on its own because yeah. it is generally the beginning of the sentence, despite being 13% of the population, African Americans uh, commit fifty percent of crime. That is the full sentence that is used on the when, internet. When they got Rachel Dolezal to do that cameo, uh, saying that, yes, uh, you remember that? Oh, there was also a story with her. Uh, oh shit, we didn't talk about. Okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Um. Yeah, we'll get to it. Uh, but yes, the use of the word despite here has the comment section under this tweet filled with, in all caps, DESPITE! <laughs> this is a common, um, I wouldn't call it a dog whistle because everyone knows what it means. If you've been, if you've seen the meme, you know what it is. But no. this is a common word that's used to signal, like, a racist position on, on blacks and yeah. crime. That's the that's right. the thing. So just the yeah. word despite is the meme. Yeah. And and the fact that the Brady campaign put this in the thing and then also the the tweet is written such that it can be read both ways. <laughs> like the, this could be read as if the Brady campaign is saying that they're responsible for the firearm homicides. Right. right. That that black people are responsible for sixty percent of firearm homicides. The the tweet is unclear, right? And so it's 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 just really unfortunate. And they still haven't deleted it, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> I am glad to see the Brady campaign embarrassing themselves, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that occurred, and we had a good laugh about that in, in the group chats and stuff. Um, now, you mentioned... <laughs> God damn it. It's just like a like a speed round of shit that has happened. It's yeah, been a busy yeah. week. I also there's another story I forgot about. I if you want if you want to cover it. Uh, do you do you talk about the like the um uh that woman who took in like immigrants who were housing them for like room and board? That story? Uh I'm not familiar. Can you send it? Okay, I should have brought this up when um uh before, but I forgot about it. Yeah, I'll try to find it. Um like that, you didn't, like they were comparing it to slavery. Does that ring a bell for you now? Oh like yes, they were trying to I talk did about see it. that. Okay, okay, yeah. Jesus, yeah, I saw. Sorry, oh but go ahead. With the, the... <laughs> okay, um, so the the I don't know if you all remember remember Rachel Dolezal, but <laughs> she was the white woman who was living as a black woman. I believe she was the president of an NAACP chapter. <laughs> and she <Yeah. laughs> she um apparently after her brush with infamy um several many years ago at this point she um became a school teacher and one thing that that school districts tend to not take kindly to is their school teachers having only fans pages when so when I first saw the headline here, right? So it, it, on Twitter, like they don't post like the sometimes when you see a quote tweet, right, or something like that, you'll see like the wording, but it won't show you like the thumbnail of the article uh, approximating or like uh, that is accompanied with it, right? Um, and when I clicked on this, it was like a psychic flashbang. Yes. Uh, is that how uh, that, is that how Hani described it? It wasn't it was, it was a psychic yeah, flashbang, something like that. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, where uh, never in a million years would I have guessed when I clicked on uh, like the uh, clicked on like the article would I see who it was actually about? That, this I've woman's face popped up. That. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. It was, it was, it was. It's the most throwbackest of throwbacks. You know what it's, it's like. The writers of the universe, okay, ran yeah. out of ideas, and so now they're bringing back season one characters as a twist we, in season ten. You know how there's the the joke that you know because the world was supposed to end in 2012, and we like the idea is that we all died. I, I don't think so. I think the world ended in 2016, and we're all just circling. We're going in a circle again. Yes, everything. We, we've never been able to progress past 2016 politics. We're in uh, an we're in a loop of 2016. Uh, yeah. CERN CERN fired up the Hadron Collider again in 2015. Yep. This has been my theory is that the United States actually fell into an alternate world in 2015, uh -huh, and yeah. that's why everything got weird in 2016. And yada yada. Anyway, so <laughs> yes, I I I th this is it's so fucking weird, dude. Not only not only that it's her, she's back in the news, but right. also that she got fired for having an OnlyFans. Who's interested in Rachel Dolezal's OnlyFans? Right. Yeah, why does she have a page? <laughs> <laughs> who's who's paying her to make content? Oh my god. Um 
Yes, yeah, so this was this was a hilarious story, and I agree with with Hani's description. Your description is a, is a psychic flashbang. That's exactly yeah. how I felt when I clicked on it. It was like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, and you have sent this story, this this other. Oh boy, um, it, yeah, this is just like. I think there's a, yeah, there's a video along with it if you want to play it, but it's it's basically like it's mostly about the reaction to the video, like the comments underneath. The post. Yes. Um, um, let's ahead, play yeah. the video for context, and then we can okay. we'll play a portion of it because it's uh it's two yeah. minutes and twenty one seconds long, but we can play a portion here. Let's go to right. Logan, report, Logan reports. They say these last few weeks have been life changing. And it's been an emotional few weeks for Wildande Joseph and her husband. First, sleeping on the floor at Logan Airport, then in Children's Hospital with their two-year-old daughter who got very sick. She felt bad as any mother would. Now things are looking much brighter as they've been welcomed into Lisa Hillenbrand's Brookline apartment. Tu niña es muy alegre ahora. Muy alegre. Cuando se levanta en la mañana, se dice, ¡Ay, Lisa! Oh. <laughs> she says her daughter yeah, is very happy. Yeah. When she wakes up in the morning, she says, Hi, Lisa, and everyone starts the day smiling. It's a delight, and it's really fun having them. What I realized is there's so much prejudice against refugees, mostly because people don't know them. Lisa says she feels like she has her own personal chef, as Wildande loves cooking. Oh, boy. Oh man, that's the thing that set people off. Right, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, don't word it that way. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, the the actual reaction to this, though, are the people reacting to this are absolutely insane, though. Like, like, legitimately, like, completely batshit. Yes, it is a, it is a, uh, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit in bad faith to, um, say that this woman has slaves, <laughs> fucking indentured yeah. servants living in her home. It might be a little bad faith, but, um, yeah, but it, it's, it's funny that she put it that way. <laughs> I mean, no, it, it absolutely is like, you like, I can absolutely see like what, what's funny about this, but the, the, my thing is that the comments seem complete. They're, it's not like they're just riffing on that. It seems they seem to actually think like some of them seem to be like deadpan actually like, Oh, this is like slavery. Yes, like, exactly. It's, it's not, it, it's not. It's just really, really stupid. <laughs> Someone commented, rich liberals jump on the opportunity to become slave owners again. <laughs> Look, I, I think it's in bad faith, but it's not out of line with how the woman described right. it. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a very poor choice of words. Uh... <laughs> God. I just think I, I think it's funny. I think again, it's bad faith to be like, "What? So you have slaves now?" No, she doesn't. But it, it's it is funny to me, dude. <laughs> oh man, the the uh, the number of people too. This is what bothers me. I'm going through here and I'm looking at these comments, and there are people who are just posting their memes, and they're totally unrelated. 
to the actual thing. People start doing that on on big popular posts, and it bugs me. Oh yeah, no, it's just engagement farming because like they're trying to siphon off engagement off of like a big post, and I, I hate that. I hate what this site has become. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's and, and so it's, annoying. Ninety percent of the time, it's blue yeah. checks who are engagement farming. No, they're just barnacles. They're, they're just like you know barnacles on a whale. Yes, they are, and it's terrible. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Someone posted a picture of a of a white woman smiling obnoxiously, and it says, "Your language is so beautiful." I took French in high school. Oh my god! <laughs> oh god! Like this, this is this is the. It's funny, and it's funny because the woman yeah. chose the worst way to describe the situation. Right. Right. Um. Yes, uh, that is the the response to it. Though I think is in bad faith, kind of. It's just like if you're, they're not slaves in her home. They're come yeah, on. No. <laughs> <laughs> but in any case, the uh, the the there's also shit. God, there's there's <laughs> a lot of shit. Um, this actually kind of relates to something we'll talk about here in a little bit, but. Uh, before we get there, um, so in the coming days, I believe, Israel's going to launch an assault on Rafah. Rafah is yep. a city-slash-region in Gaza that's in South Gaza. And if you recall, and we've talked about this before, the South is the place where Israel told people to go if they did not want to be bombed. Yes. And now they're going to launch an assault there. Uh, Egypt, uh, not not. I don't believe it's the, the the nation. I believe it's a it's a human rights organization out of Egypt has begun building a refugee camp in Sinai um, because they are expecting people to stream south out of Gaza into Egypt, and and it's a it's a terrible situation right now in South Gaza. People are starving. Um, they're uh, eating. Uh, weeds, like that's what their diet consists of in a lot of places. Um, Israeli citizens are blocking border crossings with protests so that aid trucks can't get in. And the uh, Israeli government, the police, are not stopping them. They are uh, they are allowing this to occur. Mm-hmm. Um. There's, in fact, there was one video of, of one of these things where there was one officer there, there was one cop there, and he was just kind of watching. Um, so they're blocking these aid trucks, and, and whether they're blocking the aid trucks or not, whether they were or they weren't, wouldn't really matter because Israel has, during this conflict, um, once or twice, uh, simply bombed uh, people who were grouped up waiting on the arrival of an aid truck. Mm, yeah. So this is a this is a horrific thing. The 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 fact that all of these people are expected to stream into uh, Sinai are um, it's further evidence that this is an ethnic cleansing campaign. Mm-hmm. This is not about this is not about Hamas. This is not about militants qua militants. This is about Palestinians and getting them out of Gaza. They yeah. want it to be yeah. impossible to return. They want it to be impossible to live there. And this has been explicitly uh, stated by Israeli officials 
and Netanyahu himself. Yeah. And um, it, I, I, I was talking about this a little bit before the show. Israel did bomb uh, Rafa um, in the Gaza Strip during the Super Bowl. Like, you know, oh, whether that was okay. intentional or not. Like, whether that was... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it was. It's like, you know, bearing the lead on, on a Friday, right, yes. type thing, where it's like, you know, uh, you announce things on a Friday and, you know, in the midst of everything and to try to, like, bury it in a bunch of other stuff um, where people, like, will just not be paying attention. Yes. Um, what uh, they're gearing up yes, for in the next few days is a ground is a ground invasion. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you had brought that up, and it. I wasn't sure that it had happened, but I'm I'm glad you have this here. Yeah. The the you sent a, a story: Israeli bombing of Gaza deserves to be remembered forever as Super Bowl massacre. They uh, during the recent Super Bowl, as millions of Americans were engrossed in the game, Israel launched a bombing raid on Rafah in the Gaza Strip. Densely populated area began to become a refuge for over a million people fleeing the now destroyed Gaza city. The Israeli government, led by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, had hinted at a possible ceasefire, but instead chose to attack during the Super Bowl. So that's. Good timing. Um, we also have uh, reports that at least 67 Palestinians were killed in the attack, not including those injured or traumatized. The The death toll is approaching 30K now, or it has just broken 30K recently. Yeah, insane. Uh, can we can we shit on Dave Rubin for a second, actually? Uh, Fuck yeah, <laughs> I'm always down for that. Okay. Did you, did you see... His post under Justin Amash's post on, on Twitter. Recently. Oh, that fucking that? piece of shit. Yes, I did. Yeah. I didn't look into it deeply okay. and I didn't commit it to memory. Do you have it there? Uh, I replied to him. Let me go back through my replies. Just one moment and I'll okay. find it. Uh, Justin Amash, um, for people who don't know, Justin Amash is an ethnic Palestinian. He has family in in Palestine, right? He has, he has family there. Um, I believe he explicitly said he had family in Gaza, didn't he? Uh, he did, yeah. He's lost relatives there. Yes. I believe. So, so this is, Justin Amash is a guy who is connected to this in, in, in a very real way. And um, he was talking about it. I'll give you a second to get that tweet pulled up, and then I'll just cut the I, I have it. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have cool, it. Cool. Um, yep. Uh, so, let me, oh, well, hold on. My thing just reloaded. Oh, thank <laughs> you. Thank you very much. Okay, Thanks, Elon. Sorry. <laughs> It, my it, literally when you said that it just okay i have it back okay okay um this is just namasha's tweet in addition to producing widespread destruction injury starvation and death the idf bombardment of gaza has caused massive and persistent power and communication disruptions preventing most gazans including my surviving relatives from reaching the outside world Today, for the first time in nearly three months, I was blessed to hear from a cousin in Gaza who continues to shelter at his family's church. Um, he tells me, and this is translated, uh, no one can move to the south or north because of the closures in the crossing of the crossings. The phone networks are almost completely cut off. Pray for us. The city has become a semi-desert where there is no food or drink, and the price of what can be found has become 10 to 12 times the normal price. May God have mercy on us. We've had four months of no electricity in the city. I walked out of the church building in October, less than a minute before it was hit, and whoever had been standing next to me was taken to God. Uh, there's a white flag above the church now because we're afraid of being hit again. Um, it's hard to leave here because it's, the situation is so dangerous. As I'm speaking to you, there are quadcopters in the sky and a strike in the distance. 
Please pray for the people of Gaza, for all Palestinians and Israelis, for an end to the killing, for the release of the hostages, for peace in the region and justice for all people. And he, he this post was accompanied by just pictures of the destruction. Um, and Dave Rubin, the wonderful soul he is, uh, just posts underneath this like heartfelt message uh, and, you know, uh, Justin Mosh uh, relaying what his cousin, who is actually in this area, was telling everyone and and Dave Rubin was just like Hamas just has to release the hostages and surrender but they want this sadly do you know how we know that's fucking false you know how we know Dave Rubin is a bad faith moron motherfucker (laughs) how was that there were hostages who were walking toward IDF forces with a white flag yelling in Hebrew not to shoot them and the Israelis the IDF murdered them yeah Fucking yep. murdered them. Right. You know, that's why I, I'm, I'm just so sick of these people. This is why I just I have no patience for them, because if, if this was like on the other foot, if let's say, you know, some type of um, I don't know if the United States government, even let's just say some rogue or, you know, uh, you know, like shadow strike team or something from the United States government attacked China and then they took like Chinese members and imprison them somewhere, right? In some, like, black site or something, Uh because, you know, for whatever, like, bullshit reason. And then China was like, okay, well, we're going to go, and we're going to start bombing American cities where we think you might be, where you, like, um, where you might be. None of these people, including Dave Rue, would be like, oh, well, obviously they have the right to do this, because our government acted this way. Sure. Obviously, you know. Add the other, add the other, uh, here's the thing, though. Add the other facet to to your hypothetical here. Not only yeah. are they bombing American citizens where they think people might be, but they also explicitly state publicly that there are no such things as civilians in these cities. Right. Exactly. Oh, yes, of course. Right. Yeah. Because obviously it's our government, right? We voted for it, quote unquote, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, really. Like, you can just apply that. To to anything you like under that uh, look we we've talked about this so much in the past with like the the Hiroshima uh, bombing and everything like that where it's like if this is truly your belief then you just believe that individual lives individual rights can just be forfeited because the, your government does something bad yes I mean if that's true if, if that's the standard then everyone's lives are forfeit because there's not a government that has not done something bad. <laughs> You know? Well, certainly everyone in America, you bring it home. It's like the American government. What, what, what is the I mean, how many millions of how many tens of thousands of people were killed? Yeah. Innocent people were killed in Iraq, in the Iraq, in Iraq War One and Iraq War Two. How many right. innocent people yeah. were slaughtered by ISIL? ISIL, which would not have existed if the United States hadn't supported Al Qaeda in Syria uh, during the Syrian civil war. Operation uh, Operation Timber Sycamore. Like how many how many millions of dead people? are on the hands of the United States government. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's unbelievable mean, to me that anyone can yeah. have that position because it means that you and your children deserve to die. Yes, all argumentation in defense of Israel's actions here on the basis that, well, Hamas attacked us and, you know, they're a foreign government and then they, you know, well, yeah, they're, they're a government and then they, uh, you know, attacked our people and now, you know, whatever we do in response is justified. Well, yeah, as you said, congratulations. That means that every American civilian, it, their lives are now forfeit 
based on what the government has done. That is your reasoning, and you can't escape that without being a hypocrite. Not at all. Not at all. It means that it means that the Boston bombing was justified. It means nine eleven was justified. It means that it means that the the shooting of the Pulse nightclub. It means that was justified. The the, the right. argument works both ways. It has to, or it's not real. Yeah. Right. And it just it blows my goddamn mind because I'm of the mind that those things were not justified. For the same reason that the bombing of Hiroshima and Nagasaki weren't justified. For the same reason all the civilian right. deaths in Iraq weren't justified. For the same reasons that all the things that the United States did to empower ISIL were not justified. It's incredible how easy it is, seemingly, for people just to go along uh, with governments committing genocide and then rationalizing it. Like, rationalizing backwards. Yes! Yes, and it's not just it's not just the the this this thin sort of idea that governments might be committing justified the ICJ and here's the thing if we're going to if we're going to make all these appeals to law and order and all this other shit right the ICJ has said that there is a that it is plausible that Israel is committing genocide in Gaza right now right yeah <laughs> and in in March they'll make a final decision on that supposedly it might take longer. But Israel's supposed to go back to the ICJ in March and prove that, number one, they've stopped doing what they were doing. They haven't. And that, and that number two, uh, they're, they're effectively going to be on trial for it. Now, whether or not this happens, I don't know. Israel's, Israel's uh, has broad support throughout, especially the West. But, I mean, who knows how that comes out, right? But... The, the mere fact that the ICJ looked at what was happening and said, yeah, there's a, there's a plausible genocide happening. That's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I think this is, you know, to call it a PR disaster is, is you know, selling it far short, obviously. This is mass murder. Uh, but this is the, still the biggest PR disaster I think Israel has ever, and like, um, created for themselves um, in the eyes of the West. If Israel flattens Rafa. I really do believe that Zionism has a chance of dying. If, if, Israel, yeah. if Israel flattens Rafa, if Israel actually does what they've been doing in the north, in the south. Because re- everybody remembers that it was all justified, right? Because Israel told everybody in the north to go south and that they would be safe there. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If they do in the south what they've been doing in the north... I do not see how anyone, anyone who is honest, can support political Zionism in this way. Especially the way that the Likud party puts it in, into practice. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. It's just, like, I, I don't have any, like, patience anymore for, like, Zionists uh, at all. And no. I didn't really before. Uh, but especially when, it, you know, with this occurring, it's like, you have no care for human rights and of course you know the people who are always the most genocidal will like try to hide behind human rights as a justification for why they get to genocide people yeah you know it's always just well uh see this is just our right to self-defense you know it's the old thing like we were saying uh, episodes back it's like doesn't israel have a right to exist as they just like bomb a bunch of children (laughs) it's like well surely you know uh you can't attack us for bombing these kids don't we have a right to exist exactly exactly it's it's fucking uh it's disgusting it's it's just disgusting and and you know what you're you're right the 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 sort of patience for zionism idea this this thing that's like 
this entire this entire operation has been a mask off moment for a lot of Zionists, especially American Zionists. Oh, yeah. It's it's informed and and we've seen this in some of the things that people are saying. It's informed either by just blatant hatred of Muslims. Yeah. Or by some weird religious misunderstanding of what exactly mm-hmm. Israel is. Right. And there's kind of no in between. Like that's it. Or that or it's this political justification of like, well, it's the only democracy in the region that's that's actually a stable Western democracy. No, it's not. Yeah, your mini democracy look real good there, champ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's absolutely not. Enough. Part of the reason that there was this protest movement against Netanyahu yeah, before not. October 7th was because he was trying to dismantle the independent judiciary. Right, yeah. It, it's not a democracy, but even if it was, uh, it's what a horrible endorsement for democracy if this is like what it looks like, right? Yeah. You know? It's not a functional yeah. Western democracy. Netanyahu has dreams of dictatorship. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've talked about this in the past, but like all the right wingers in America who like support Israel, uh, despite Israel, if if Israeli policies were implemented in the United States, these right wingers would go insane. Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah. They would they would flip out, understandably so, uh, you know, like speech restrictions, gun restrictions, all these things. Um, uh, yeah, they, they would absolutely flip out. Fucking so, but of course, we know. Oh, conscription, yes. Uh, well, I don't know if right-wingers would flip out about that, necessarily. But, oh, um, no, but there would be uh, a population, a significant portion of the population would not yes. like it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but, you know, as we've said before, a large majority, I think, of Israel's support uh, is not a geopolitical uh, foundation. It's a theological foundation for yes. like, evangelicals, uh, for right-wingers specifically. Um, that's why they support Israel the most. Yeah, um, I mean, that's Kufi's whole thing. Kufi's whole thing is, right. is, is religious. It's not even motivated by yeah, politics. Some, some, your standard Republican doesn't give a shit about, like, well, they're the only democracy in the region, you know? <laughs> right. It's, a, it's an evangelical thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's what's coming down the pike, supposedly. Ground invasion of Rafa. Um, I, I recommend if you're really interested in keeping up with this, there there are three places that I recommend going um, because I've been these are the places that I've been going for the last few weeks. It's taken over my media consumption because there's so much that's coming out of these places. But Dave DeCamp has his weekly or I don't think it's weekly. It's daily uh, anti-war uh, podcast from antiwar.com. This is anti-war news. Um, Dave DeCamp hosts that full of really good information. The Gray Zone does a stream every week. Uh, on YouTube, sometimes Friday, sometimes Saturday, but it's Max Blumenthal and Aaron Mate, and um, also, of course, Scott Horton. I recommend going to to those sources for media if you really want to keep up on what's happening on the ground here. Yeah, because it is it is incredible. And and by the way, places like the Gray Zone, um, their stream hasn't stopped covering Ukraine either. They just do a do a big segment on the last stream uh, from Saturday about Ukraine and what's going on there and some of the relations between um, Russia and the U.S. and the death of this opposition leader in Russia. Um, so all that stuff is still front of mind for these guys who are really good at paying attention to a lot of stuff. And they are they they're if you don't if if you don't at this point think that the gray zone and Max Blumenthal and Aaron Mate are good sources of information about this. Just think about the fact that every time they've reported on something that the Israeli government did every time everyone denied it until Haaretz came out and said, no, nah, they were right. 
Mm-hmm. So th- those are the places that I recommend going if you want to keep up with this. You don't have to. <laughs> I don't expect everyone to care. Um, and people have you know lives and jobs and families. But um, if you do want to keep up with it, th- th- those are the places that I would suggest going. Um, and as this Rafa offensive happens, as this starts to occur, it's going to be bad. It's going to be really bad. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's it, it's really like this is one of those things where, like, when I when I was referring back to like I have no patience for like Zionists uh, in regard to this, you know, I I don't want to make it seem like it's okay to be a genocide denier in the past uh, for things in the past. I mean, um, no, but when not. it's happening right there in the 21st century in front of you, where there's video of it, where you can obviously see it, and they're like, oh yeah, that's fine. It's happening on TikTok! It's like, right. It's happening on fucking TikTok! <laughs> yeah. Like, if, if you want to, like, a genuinely, like, I cannot imagine the type of human being you have to be to watch a child getting bombed and then be like, well, but they have, the Moss has hostages, Dean. Yeah. Like, who are you? Like, I just wanted to grab that person and shake them. Hamas like, has hostages that Israel's actively killing during this. Yeah, yeah. They don't give it's a like, fuck. They, like, what does that have to do with the fact that they just bombed a child? <laughs> right. Yeah. There have been there have been videos that have come out of the south where people are are legitimately they're making tea and stew out of weeds to try and survive. Yeah, there there yeah. were there were stories. This was mentioned on both the Gray Zone and on Scott's podcast. There were um, there were stories about women who were uh, feeding two month old infants solid food, just grinding it up and trying to feed them solid food mm. because hopefully they will survive if they can eat solid food. But the yeah. solid food's running out. Right. So this is a this this is an ethnic cleansing. That's exactly what's happening here. And if you don't believe me, look at what happened in Nagorno-Karabakh in Azerbaijan right before October 7th. And the things that people mm-hmm. were saying about it. The Armenians were run out of Nagorno-Karabakh and it was called an ethnic cleansing everywhere. Everywhere. What is the difference between that and what's happening in Gaza right now? Outside of the fact that the Nagorno-Karabakh thing was actually more peaceful. They didn't actually, they didn't fucking bomb everybody to death. Right. The death toll from the ethnic cleansing in Nagorno-Karabakh was, was, was minimal, minimal, and, and not even really from military action. It was like circumstantial. If China did to America what Israel is doing to Gaza... And if everything else was the same, like, obviously, like, going back to my hypothetical, like, you know, the United States took Chinese hostages or something like that and imprisoned them. Americans would be calling to nuke that country. Oh, yeah. They'd be calling to nuke China for what they've done. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it's the same kind of situation as, like, you know, the, the comparison that, that uh, Scott Horton was fond of making, or, and has been, of, you know, what if the United States, or what if some other country did what the United States did in Afghanistan and Texas. What, what kind of response could you expect? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But it's, it, I just, um, this is, this is an ethnic cleansing campaign. There's no two ways about it. Yeah. 
and they want Egypt to foot the bill. They want Egypt to take all the refugees in, into Sinai. They want they they they. Yeah. And here's the issue too: the Likudniks and these hardcore Zionist nationalists, ethno nationalists. Um, they don't just think that the current nation of Israel; those are the borders. They the Likudniks want what's called Greater Israel. You can pull up a map of this, and yeah. the the lines of of this landmass called greater israel go all the way up into jordan all the way down into egypt all the way over into syria like this is a this is a this is a a, their goal is not just to ethnically cleanse gaza it's to turn the entire region of quote-unquote greater israel into an ethno-nationalist state that's what the lakudniks want And 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 enabling the, enabling what they're doing in Gaza only enables that further goal. Yeah, yeah, they just want to redraw the map. Uh, I'm, I'm not saying that's the only thing they want, but that's a, I think a a very plausible explanation for why they're doing much of what they're doing. They have zero fucking interest in a two state solution. Netanyahu has been laughing no, at no, Americans. Yeah, Netanyahu has been laughing at American politicians for a decade. American politicians talking about how, well, we got to get a two-state solution figured out. We got to figure out a two-state solution. Netanyahu's been fucking laughing at them. And that's, that's yeah. not hyperbole. Like, it's legitimate. He laughed. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, one of the reasons they propped up, one of the reasons Israel, like, kind of propped up Hamas is to make the, uh, like, every, like, Gazans in general look like, you know, bloodthirsty monsters. Yes, as, and as to separate them from the West Bank, to separate Palestinians so yes. there is no Palestinian nationalism. Right. Yeah, I I just um, anyway. Yeah, so this is this is going to be uh, a a campaign of mass slaughter um, as it already has been thus far, but it's going to be worse. Um, Israel is quickly, quickly, quickly losing any moral high ground they may have had to begin with, because again, as soon as the images come out of Rafa of what they're going to do there, um. And people start to realize, and people start to talk about the fact that, wait, you told them to go south, and this is what you're doing to them in the south. Like, it's, it's, it's not going to go over well. Mm-hmm. The only difference is whether or not the Biden administration is going to continue to pay lip service to Biden so frustrated with Netanyahu. Oh, here's more bombs. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you you called him a nasty word behind closed doors. Oh, but here's your here's the bombs and the checks, sir. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Have here's all the shells there. from America yeah. with love. Yeah. <sighs> and all of this is totally not even addressing, not even addressing what's going on with the Shiites in the in the region, not even addressing what's going on with uh, Ansar Allah, the Houthis. Um. Not even addressing what's going on with uh, with Hezbollah in the area. Not even addressing what's going on in Syria. Not even addressing the fact that the United States has bases in fucking Syria to quote unquote fight ISIL with <laughs> with the with <laughs> supposedly Iran's puppets Hezbollah at their back and no force protection whatsoever. The United States is sitting there on the border of Syria and Jordan being a tripwire for regional war. Yeah. Bring him the fuck home. 
Um, by the way, this was mentioned by Dave DeCamp on, on a recent uh, anti-war podcast. You know that some of the people at Tower 22 were Arizona National Guardsmen? Oh, I didn't. No. Yeah. Huh. Arizona National Guardsmen. What the fuck? How is, how is, yeah, being, <laughs> how is being on the border between Jordan and Syria... How does that have anything to do with Arizona? I'm sorry, you were saying before Acorns. I yelled about Arizona? <laughs> no. Uh, no, I... I uh, no, I don't think I was going to add anything to that, um, that productive conversation. I, that was pretty much done. But yeah, no, that's insane. Like, why are they over there? Why are they there? Why yeah. are they there? And this is one of, the, one of the arguments, by the way, when people talk about how the National Guard is the militia that's talked about in the Second Amendment. No, it's not. The National Guard's part of the federal military. Otherwise, why in the fuck would they be in Wait. Syria? <laughs> yeah. And the Defend the Guard movement, by the way, I, I do think that the federal government's going to try and shut down the Defend the Guard movement. Oh, I'm sure. Which you should support, by the way. The, the Defend the Guard movement is a good movement. Yeah. That's, that's people who are, it's, it's people who are trying to get laws passed in the states that will keep the National Guard from being deployed in foreign wars under federal mandate. If, if Congress has not declared war, which they haven't done since World War II. So the, it's, it's a good movement. It, it's, don't get me wrong, but I think the federal government's going to slap it down if it ever gets big enough. Because I think the federal government does effectively own the National Guard. Oh yeah, I'm sure they. I, I'm sure they'll try to stop it in any way they can. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. Anyway, so okay, I think that's all of the uh, all of the the biggish stuff, really entertaining stuff that happened over the last week. You want to talk about the big thing that's been going on? Yeah, uh, uh, totally down for this. <laughs> I just want to start. I think. I think this. I think we just start with the clip that you sent me. Yeah, yeah. Let's go for it. This is Dave Smith speaking with Clint Russell. I can't remember what show this was on. It might have been on Part of the Problem. It might have been on uh, one of Clint's shows. I, don't I know. think it was on his Liberty Lockdown. Yeah, Lock, Liberty Lockdown. Okay. This is the. I think is, so. Don't don't. I'm not, I'm actually not sure. So it might be not either. So who knows? But yeah, anyway, knows. whatever. This is the conversation, or this is a a, a part of it. If you believe in open borders right now under current situation, uh, under current circumstances, you're an insane person and you're as bad as a communist. You're, you're <laughs> as bad as saying, well, I believe in this theory and sure, my theory is going to result in the destruction of your kids' lives, but I'm so committed to this theory that you got to break a few eggs to make an omelet or something like that. I'm just like not even interested in talking <laughs> to you anymore. This is like too crazy. And so like the answer is take our fucking entire military and put them on our border and secure our border. Well, this set off a firestorm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where to start with that, to be quite honest. There's, there's a lot there. Um, um, I do want to start off with making a point that I think is going to make people angry, but I think it is, I think it is the larger point or a, a point mm -hmm. that's relevant here. Your whole argument is that you're too weak to protect your family yourself. I just want to, I just want to make that perfectly clear. The whole argument here comes down to the fact that he feels as if he is too weak to protect his family on his own. Too weak to get out of the city, 
Too weak to teach his kids how to defend themselves. Too weak to protect his family on his own. And so he wants somebody else to commit violence on his behalf in order to do it. That is, that is the baseline what's motivating this. Not even just like, so for me, like, not even just the structure, or sorry, not even the specific content of the argument, but the structure of the argument he's making uh, is oh, very much terrible. just like, well, no, I, I, that, yes, but I, it's also just fear baiting, right? Uh, oh, yeah. It's like the type of argument you would hear from a, a person who like wanted to ban guns or drugs or something who might tell you, uh, uh, well, sure, you have all these theories that say, you know, uh, this is justified under your system. Uh, but, uh, you know, when so, what if it's going to destroy society, then why would I care about your theory type thing? Right. It's yeah. like, well, you know, because leftists think, well, if you know, if anyone can just buy a gun, there's just going to be, you know, we're just going to be overrun with mass shooters all the play all over the place. Right. Or if we legalize drugs everyone's going to shoot up heroin tomorrow right that type of thing structurally it's not really that far off from that uh right no, um, it's the same argument and, and the and the logic that underlies it supports those very arguments and we can talk about that a little bit later but that's the, yeah. the arguments for gun control the arguments for all these other, all these other things that people believe are bad that, that libertarians believe and, are bad are informed by the same logic or justifiable by the same logic that's being employed here yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, a lot of people, in, 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 including myself, like were kind of like uh, challenging uh, Dave about this on, on like Twitter and stuff. And one of the reasons it's hard to talk about this is he seems to switch between different arguments. So on one hand, it, from the way the clip sounds, he, he is making a very like consequentialist point right in the clip, yes. uh, which will say which makes it seem like he's disregarding theory as if he's co- almost conceding that we are correct on theory and but he just doesn't care right that's sort of the way it's framed in the clip um now he he does believe that we are wrong in theory so so for anyone who does it maybe this might be the first time uh first episode people have heard me talk about this i am unabashedly an open border supporter and i think i'm not an open border supporter because i think you know well will be great for the economy I, i think from a pure rothbardian perspective uh, it is correct, and I and I think Hoppe and others who support closed borders are wrong. Um, so just to throw that out there, um, but but Dave in the clip seems to be like I don't care if you know all, you have this theory if it's going to make things potentially worse. Now there's a couple of rebuttals to this. One, um, I don't think he has shown that you know immigration in itself is going to necessarily make things that much worse. Uh, and especially, and even if you can't show in certain areas that it made things worse, you also have to take it with, you know, some areas, maybe it gets better, right? So just, it, it seems very, like, uh, very, like, I don't want to say status, but that's saying, but it seems very fear-mongering. It seems, it seems yes. to be the same type of arguments that libertarians have been tackling for years about, like, well, you know, as I said about like, you know, drugs and guns and things like that are like, well, it's the same kind of arguments uh, that people make with regard to uh, we just talked about Israel and Hamas, right? What's what's Israel supposed to do? They have to kill Hamas. They have to do all this right. other stuff. And that justifies everything they're doing in Gaza. And it's like, well, no, it doesn't. Just because right. you theorize that the consequences may be worse if Israel sat on their hands and did nothing even. Um, even if you right. theorize that and, those and, consequences like, might be worse, that doesn't justify what is being done. 
Yeah, and look, Dave's not in front of us right now, so we can't ask him this. But I, I, I don't see how you can interpret that clip specifically, specifically that clip as anything other than a consequentialist justification, right? Uh, and look, if you are consequential, if Dave is a consequentialist, okay. But you know, at least say, it, at least come out and say that. I, I, I told him that directly. I told it, him if he's a consequentialist, a, just to say it, and he ignored it. So it, I mean, it, whether Dave the, is here or not is not really <laughs> right. He has been it, asked for me, it's the, for me, it's the tap dancing around positions and being unwilling to like firmly stand on a specific one and just follow that to the conclusion rather than, you know, you know what I mean? It's fine to have multiple arguments for why you think something is wrong. But it, when it, when you are making an argument and the argument can be like shot back at you. And then you just switch to be like, oh, well, you know, I don't care about that argument anymore. Now I'm uh, uh, using this different argument to show why that's not that's not OK. So let me give you an example. Right. Um, I, in some of my interactions uh, after this happened, there was a long discussion, a, a bit, a bunch of threads going on. Um, and basically it was like, well, OK, so do you think like, uh, you know, if if does someone have the right to shoot up heroin? on a public space. And my position, and I think it's the libertarian position, is that if this public space is actually legitimately unowned, as in there's no one that has a rightful claim to it, then the answer is yes. Like, I, Oh, yeah. It, it doesn't matter if you don't like that conclusion. It doesn't matter if, you know, that unsettles you in some way. All that matters is... Is that true from a libertarian starting point, from a libertarian axiom? Is that a true deduction? And it, it seems obviously yes. Now, if you assert that the property is actually privately owned by someone else and they don't want the heroin use uh, on their property, then sure, yeah, you can say that. But that's not. But see that, and I'll. I'm, this is leading into something. Um, um, that it seems is not actually even. <laughs> Uh, relevant to like Dave and some of the closed border people. No. Um, so um, Dave actually responded. Uh, he quote tweeted one of my responses to this, uh, this other person. Um, because this, this is when I said that, yeah, you know, if, um, um, if they're not on property, that's actually privately owned, then yeah, they can, you know, they can do whatever with their own body. Um, and uh, Dave responded, this is the logical conclusion of the overwhelming majority of pushback I'm getting. And I appreciate Ace for admitting it. If your position is that a heroin addict, who I'm going out on a limb and guessing isn't paying taxes, has the right to shoot up on public streets and make life miserable for all taxpayers who are all forced to fund the roads, and that's what liberty is, then you'll be dismissed by all reasonable people and you deserve it. Libertarians, there is no reason at all to marry yourself to these goofy views. Okay, so, there's a few things here. Um, one... Is that I also want to point out that he makes a specific case that he's, he he assumes that they're not paying taxes, and this is a reference to Hoppe's net taxpayer theory. Yes, and I don't know if don't, Dave yeah. is directly referencing net taxpayer theory, but he's making the same argument. Uh, yes, but he's not. He's also so there. <laughs> there was another uh, tweet from Dave uh, after this, a few days after this, where he acted like he didn't know what next net taxpayer theory was. And maybe he's never heard that name for it, but I, I'm going to call bluff on that, truthfully, because I, he knows Hoppe, and, and he, he referenced it to Hoppe today in, in saying that he agrees with Hoppe's opposition to 
uh, to open borders. And Hoppe's opposition to open borders is the net taxpayer theory. Right. Um, so, but, but anyway, so sorry, uh, for people who may not know, uh, net taxpayer theory is the idea that the net taxpayers of the United States are the true owners of the public property and that the government is essentially a steward or should act should act as a steward or a trust for these net taxpayers in how they want public property to be run. That is the standard view of yes. net taxpayer theory. And Kinsella, and Kinsella that, augments yeah. that a little bit by saying that they should behave in a way that maximizes what would be restitution to the taxpayers who were stolen from to fund it, which implies right. the same thing. It's, it's functionally yeah, yes. getting to the same place. Right. So but what, um, where this is going is essentially this idea that, so the net taxpayer can exclude net tax consumers or people who are not net taxpayers, right? So that would include immigrants or let's say people who just... 47% uh, of the American population... Tax- yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, from from public uh, utilities and 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 land. Um, now, before I get into why I think net taxpayer theory is wrong, I want to continue with the Dave thing for a second because um, I, I uh, after he said this, I, I asked a, a second question, a follow up question, and I asked him, "Well, let's assume." Uh, I actually I don't know where my response is, but I am paraphrasing what I said. Basically, um, let's assume now that the heroin user is a net taxpayer and under the net taxpayer theory that would mean he would own uh or he would be an owner of this place so why why on what basis could he be excluded from a libertarian perspective on this if he was an owner of this um and he's on his property essentially and for dave he said um they responded and said no that even if he wasn't that taxpayer he would not have a right to uh use heroin on public land um so is that this is what i mean by like hopping between positions it's like yes if you if you were opposed to something i think you should start off with your principled opposition as to why like give me the reason you're actually opposed to this Instead of like hopping between different positions, I think if uh, I were to try and read Dave's mind on that for a second, and 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 again, yeah. that's that's what I'm engaging in here. If if yeah. if I were to try and read Dave's mind on that for a second, I would guess that when you actually were to drill down, and if he were capable of explaining his positions in a way where he understands what a first principle is versus the deductions that come from it, um, uh, which I don't believe he is. But the, I, I believe the principle that he actually is, is deducing things from is, the, is a consequentialist principle. He keeps referring back mm-hmm. to the idea of effect, the idea that it's making everybody miserable or it's, it's, right. uh, it's, it's, it's causing the will of the people. Uh, it's, yeah, it's causing, it's causing my children's lives to be affected or whatever it is. The, the, the consequentialist, mm-hmm. I, I do believe that he is at heart making a consequentialist argument. And it's coming from the yeah. principles that consequentialists espouse. The idea of increased utility, increased happiness, things like that. Right. Um, another way, another reason, he, uh, uh, another possible way he could be um, justifying this is um, uh, later in Rothbard's life, um, Rothbard wrote a piece um, on what to do. I don't remember the exact title. It, I actually have it down here somewhere. But it was basically what to do. Um, in the meantime, essentially, like, obviously, you know, Rothbard and us as anarchists, we would want a society without a state. But since we do have a state and there is public property, how should, like, what are the normative 
um, prescriptions we can offer for how public spaces should be run. And truthfully, I think this is like, I look, I'm a huge fan of Rothbard. I think this is probably Rothbard's worst article, but I will give Rothbard credit <laughs> is that Rothbard in this article even says he throws a bone to like, you know, the theory cells, right? Yes. Um, and says like, um, essentially it's like, you know, you may be correct in theory, but in like day to day life, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know, in like day to day life, it's like, um, uh, it's just not really actionable. It's not he refers really... to, he refers to, and this is a close paraphrase. He says that, um, people who may be solid in the high halls of theory is yes. the way that he words it. Yes. And, and so he's saying, he's saying that they're right. Right. Yeah. Yes. He's saying, he's yeah. saying it's correct. So, and yeah, at least Rothbard th- threw us that bone. Right. So, um, but my point is that the reason I consider this to be Rothbard's worst article is that Rothbard spent a majority uh, or the, like a large part of his life being that theory cell. Right. <laughs> like, yes. uh, he was uh, Rothbard's whole thing was like, well, yeah, we're going to uh, follow. We're going to once we've established this libertarian axiom, we're going to follow it to its conclusion, no matter where it leads us. Right. No, like we're not going to shy away from it just because we it's made the entirety like, of uh, the anatomy problem. of the state is this idea that we right. take these first principles to their logical conclusion. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, the ethics of liberty, uh, yes. like Rothbard said, you didn't have to feed your child. <laughs> you know? Like he's willing to bite bullets. Uh, oh, God, the, the fucking the, the, the thing that I, I think is largely misrepresented from Rothbard. But he did say an open and free market in children. Based, but yeah, no. uh, <laughs> I mean, this uh, is a guy who's willing to take the tough position. Yes, exactly. So it, when, like, here's the thing, right? If you were who, I'm sorry, piece, I want to augment I, what I said. Who was willing to take it before he decided courting Republicans was the right move for libertarianism? Right. Uh, and like, if you read uh, Rothbard's piece, uh, it, it's called "What to Do Until Privatization Comes" is the exact um, title. Um, so he does not. He's not making. He his essential case is that we we should treat the public property, public lands, how we imagine a private property owner would treat it. And this is Rothbard's essential argument. And while that may make some intuitive sense for people, because he's trying to create like the simulacrum of a private property, like uh, orchestration, uh, this, this, uh, for some people, this makes intuitive sense, right? Because it's like, well, we want to get to some Ancapistan. We're not there yet. But what if we just act like we are? If you right? hit what if it we hard enough, like- you can fit that square peg into that round hole. Right. Now, of course, one of the problems is uh, there's some central planning problems here. Is that we don't know what a private property owner would actually what norms they would have on their property. Now, maybe you can appeal to what most private property owners do have, right? Like maybe like a no shirt, no shoes, no, no service type rule, right? Something like that. Um, because that's common between most establishments, but that's not 
like intrinsically tied to libertarianism. Libertarianism doesn't offer you any prescriptive uh, norms of how a private property owner should run their property outside of the intrinsic feature of it being private, right? Yes. So there's no... Well, outside of, I will say, there's also the idea that damaging physically other people's property is not a legitimate way to use your property. Like there's oh, right. a, but, uh, but, uh, but what I mean when I say use your property is that you're not using other people's property. Yes. Yes. You are not appropriating yeah. anything from anyone else's stuff. Right. Right. So on that basis, it just seems like what Rothbard and what a lot of like closed border libertarians are doing when they all, when they talk about like treating public lands as if they were private, they're just making an appeal to arbitrariness and an appeal to popularity really. Cause they're saying that, well, um, for and, and I don't mean an appeal to popularity in a logical fallacy sense. I just mean it in a general sense, um, um, I, where they're just saying that well, there's this arbitrary standard that's not deduced from not directly deduced from libertarian principles, uh, maybe like a no shirt, no shoes, no service type norm. Um, but you know, we're going to copy that. Because uh, a lot of private institutions copy that. Now, why is that wrong? Well, for one, it's wrong because... It, so he, here, there's a couple reasons, right? In terms of public land, right? Let's, let's talk about public land. It is either the case from a libertarian perspective that the public land, at least a portion of it, uh, is either unowned, meaning it, it does not have an actual legitimate owner despite what the state says right i'm ignoring what this the state's actual claims here i'm just talking about what is the case yes because the state cannot own anything under libertarianism it's taken from someone right so on that basis either the land is unowned it has no actual homesteader or or it actually is privately owned in the case of like something we would say like eminent domain right the state steals like a plot of land or something to uh you know build something else with it uh, in that case, that plot of land that was stolen, I would regard it as privately owned. Um, so in the cases, in these two cases, it's either unknown or privately owned by another person. In neither scenario is it justified to put restrictions on that land. Uh, because one, uh, you would only have the right to put have restrictions on it if the private, the actual private property owner from who it was stolen from agreed with those restrictions and like are you going to track down those people and ask them if, if this is what they wanted to do now maybe you could assume but the other uh, problem is that we should not treat all public property as stolen uh there's also public property that has merely been forestalled by the state uh lands that they have ne- they do not homestead uh that they can't homestead but they're merely stopping other people from homesteading you think in terms of national parks things like that national parks uh yeah just just places that just do not that's a i mean that's a classic example a lot of the border territory as well um yes uh just you know uh, places like that that have never actually um that the state stops people from actually laying down a homesteading claim on those are places where you do not have a right to put a restriction on that because it's unknown. And by libertarian standards, you only have a right to place a restriction on things that you already own. Like if you, you if you homestead something, you can create rules of access, right? These are my rules that allow you to access my property in a legitimate way. You have, and if you, you have, these rules, I have the right to exclude. Yes, you have total control of everything to the extent of your property line, and that's it. It stops there. Yes, but you do have total control within that. 
Yes, and you can't justly place restrictions on unowned land, and like, um, uh, you know, one of the re- logical ways we can deduce this is that, um, from a libertarian perspective, you get the right to exclude from homesteading. So, ho- so exclusion cannot be a basis for homesteading. You can't just exclude someone from some like unowned area. And claim that as a justification for now owning it. Right? This is why fencing in doesn't work. Them. Correct. Yes. So you have to actually the that land must be owned. Now, Papa tries to give an actual justification for this because I think Rothbard's justification is actually probably the weakest of all of them because Rothbard is essentially just saying, "Let's just pretend it is private." Yeah. Uh, God, that, um, it, it really it is a bad man. piece. It really is a bad piece. Yeah. I hate, I hate I to say that because I love Rothbard, but it's a bad piece. It's not good. Uh, young Rothbard would chew this Rothbard out. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he would absolutely Rothbard, murder him. Ro- young Ro- younger Rothbard has an article called, uh, I think it's something about natural outlaws having the duty to shut up. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and uh, so. <laughs> I think young Rothbard would tell old Rothbard here uh, that he has a duty to shut up because he's advocating uh, a natural outlaw position here. Yes. Uh, um, but yeah, anyway. Um, uh, so H- uh, Hoppe's position is actually, Hoppe at least tries to give a reason why the public land is privately owned, whereas Rothbard's just like, let's just assume it kind of is. Um, yeah, let's pretend um, as if it is. Yeah, literally, yeah. and Capistan uh, in your head. Pretend it's already yes. private, <laughs> <laughs> right? And you know another reason that right. A lot of people uh, here's a, here's another reason why that position is uh, like just completely like antiseptic to most libertarian beliefs about the state is. Uh, most libertarians would not believe it, the state has a right to restrict gun access or drug use on public lands. Like if you're possessing drugs on public s- street or something like that in your car, right? The, most people would not say that the state has a right to stop you from doing that or to stop you from carrying a gun uh, on you, right? That's a very common libertarian position. Well, yes. if we're pretending that the state is private property, the, like the public lands are private property, there are many uh, businesses that would say no drugs allowed in this in- in establishment or no guns allowed. Many of them. There's a ton so, of them. Right? You see gun so, buster signs all over the fucking place, uh, even, even right, in Texas. Exactly. So if we're just going to pretend it's private, well... Then what do you what like reason do you have to say that you know gun restrictions are wrong or look at uh, vaccine mandates or mask mandates right? Uh, obviously there are some like there's a there was a lot of people uh, mostly left wingers who were extremely scared of COVID um, and you know a lot of them would 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 if they like owned um, establishments or businesses or I mean even in their own homes. Uh, they wouldn't want people just coming in without a mask on, right? So that seems to just completely justify mask mandates and COVID oh, yeah. and vaccine mandates on public spaces. Um, now, and they and they really don't have a convincing yeah. argument to the contrary because when you present this, there was one guy, in fact, who who just straight up told you, yeah, that would be legitimate if they wanted to ban guns on public property, they could do that. <laughs> oh, right. yes, they actually went there. Yeah. Uh, there is an issue and i do want to present this to you because i think it is the closest yeah. thing to a functional counter argument i don't think it actually works 
but I think it's the closest sure. thing. And that is Kinsella's position as I understand it, which is that um, what, what is being actually created in this ownership of public land, okay, is, is basically an easement. And it's an easement that, is, that applies to the net taxpayer um, in order so that they may use the land or, or do what they wish on the land, but others may not. So, for example, uh, you would not be able to ban, um, for example, carrying a firearm or whatever on a public sidewalk or a mm-hmm. public road or transporting one, effectively disarming the entire population by saying you're not allowed to have a gun on public land. That would mean you're not allowed to transport sure. a firearm, which means your firearms are frozen in your home um, and no one's allowed to move them. Uh, in any case, the, the idea being that because this easement applies as to net taxpayers, you cannot restrict those uh, rights that they or those actions that they have a right to. You can only restrict it with regard to people who are not net taxpayers, people who are outsiders or immigrants or whatever it may be. Um, yeah. That is the closest thing, I think, to a functional counterargument. The problem is that you then run into the issue where, well, does this easement not include, as an example, a net taxpayer who wants this land to be used as a border crossing? Right. And, well, I, I, another, uh, I, uh, there's a few problems I see with it. One is just a reductio ad absurdum, but it doesn't defeat the argument entirely. But it, you know, I, and it's kind of implied in the premise, which is that, uh, you know, is a libertarian who who you know evades taxes not allowed to carry their firearms and you know oh that's a that's uh, a that is an interesting like, question yeah like you know if you're that People libertarian who refuse who doesn't to be stolen from do they lose their rights to this uh, to this right. uh this right. nominally unowned or or owned by a third party land yeah right another reason is that and you know correct me if I'm wrong but my understanding of easements is that it's an you allow access, right? That it's a, easements allow access, but they don't necessarily allow exclusion. That is, like, uh, like, yes, that's absolutely, it. yeah. And I think that's why he chose to, or I think that's why, again, I, I'm not sure if Kinsella has used the term easement, but it's how I understand it, and other people have described it as an easement. Um, I think that's why I, easement I mean, is used, is because it doesn't allow for restriction of access to other people with the easement. Right. I, well, I think one of the problems with that, and um, is that, and e- you can just you can say that these people have an easement, but that seems to there's a buried premise there that this land that the state has a right to restrict this land otherwise. Yes. Right. But it's just the net taxpayers would have an easement in crossing it. But my position is I, I want to know from the libertarian perspective how you get to the answer of that they have a right to restrict access in the first place. Yes. So uh, the the whole like easement argument is something that only applies if you already accept the premise that the state has a right to restrict this land in the first place that was the argument Um, that i was having with the guy who was using kinsella to 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 explain the position and i will say i I will say though i do think that kinsella's description there does the best job of undermining the what if people voted for gun control thing on public lands i think i think kinsella's argument does the best job of answering that but it still doesn't get to the root of the issue and it doesn't address what happens if somebody wants to utilize their easement to access that property in order to allow third parties to access that property. Like for yeah. example, for example, migrants. I, I don't necessarily think this is necessarily a problem with Kinsella's argument, but I think a lot of people who invoke Kinsella's argument here would not be happy with the consequences because 
the moment you accept that this, um, and this is also uh, applicable to Hoppe as well, um, but <laughs> the moment you accept that you have an easement or as Hoppe would say, let's say a cl- an actual property claim to the public lands um, based on, as uh, by way of being a victim to the state's aggression, right? And so the idea is that, well, the state is uh, transferring their lands to the, you know, the people who they have aggressed upon. Well, then there's a, a whole lot of Middle Eastern people <laughs> that have a right <laughs> to be on the public land of the United States. Yeah. If, if it's just for the people who the United States has aggressed upon, that's an excellent point. Yeah. So, so uh, I don't think a lot of closed-border libertarians would be too happy about this consequence. Uh, I yeah, what restitution are they owed? Again, Kinsella's position is the idea that if you treat it as, as if it's privately owned and you do these things that, that would restrict access to people who are not net taxpayers, then you are effectively um, maximizing the possible restitution to the victims of the theft that is taxation. I don't hate the argument at a, at a functional level. I hate it at a premise level. Because the, yes, the, yes. The, I, I, it's one of those things where it's like it's a valid argument, but it's not sound. Right. In the right. sense that, uh, like, if we did accept the premise, then, yeah, that would make sense. Of course. Yeah. Um, I fucking love Kinsella. But my, I think my, he's dead ass wrong on this. Oh, yeah, I think, yeah, no, I, I do, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, just going into this a little more and, you know, Hoppe's position, obviously, is that, you know, the net taxpayers essentially have a claim um, uh, to the public lands uh, on the basis that they are net taxpayers, that they have essentially, you know, funded this. Um, Now, one of the problems with this, and this is very getting very in the weeds, but it's one of those things where you like you can't not get into the weeds if you want to find the correct conclusion. You know, because this is a very like uh, complex. This can be a very complex, incredibly complicated. Um, So. One of the reasons, of course, is that you can, under a libertarian basis, remember, we are working under the belief that the state has no right to any of the land that they have, right? It is either unowned or it is privately owned by another. So it's either they're, they're either forestalling or they're um, like possessing stolen property. A point which Rothbard agrees. Yes. With which Rothbard yes. agrees. Like this is a this is something that right. he says is true. Yeah. So this is our like this is one of our starting points here. And if you go under that starting point, you cannot gain a property. So the, the, the idea behind it, right, as you were saying, like with Katsella's argument is, is restitution. If a thief steals from me, right? Um and then, but they get rid of the money. Let's say, let's say the thief had no money, like they were out of money, but they had like a uh, collateral or they had like surplus legitimate property, right? In their, uh, you know, like they had a house, they had a car, but let's say their bank account just went to zero. And then they went out and they stole like a thousand dollars from me, but then they spent the thousand dollars. So they don't have the money anymore. Yeah. I, uh, under a traditional like uh, restitution theory, I can't take something else to the equivalent of that thousand dollars and plus more for damages, right? Sure. Uh, for extra damages. But that isn't. But the the problem why that's disanalogous um, to the state is the state doesn't have legitimate property for me to do that. Yeah, can't, you can't, can't take it, you can't take something the state has in restitution because the state has nothing. 
Yes, correct. So you, the state owes a debt to us, to the taxpayers. They do not actually have other like like and people think like a lot of people will think oh well that's just so it's such a technicality you know it's like no this is a, a, we if we just jettison this then we jettison our, the entire concept of property rights from a libertarian perspective if the thief right in my example has let's say the thief has had like a patch of unowned land behind his house um and but he just he has he's never homesteaded but he he regularly forestalls people from homesteading it or cross or even using it like crossing it right. You can't grant that land in a legitimate libertarian sense. You can't. You cannot even if a judge says you can in a legitimate libertarian sense. You cannot grant that land to someone as their uh, in the form of a title transfer. Because that land has no legitimate title in the first place. You can't yes. transfer something that doesn't exist. That thief uh, has no legitimate title to that land, meaning that, and this is the this is another argument that I got in with with a guy uh, here. I, I think it makes it more clear because people get confused by money. Um, I I think the I think this makes it more clear if you put it in terms of barter. Okay, let's say you have a very expensive painting. Right. Someone steals your painting. And this is just, by the way, I, I consider this to be kind of a primer on just libertarian title theory, as opposed to, by the way, title theory the way that the the law sees it. The law sees it differently. Um, but libertarian title theory is relatively explicit about this. So if you were to have an expensive painting, someone steals it and they trade it for a house. Okay. They trade it to a homeowner for a house. The thief has defrauded the homeowner because the thief did not have good title to the painting in order to transfer it. Yes. You are still the legitimate owner of that painting. And if you were to, let's say, agree with the homeowner that that you can take title to the house and you will transfer title to the painting to the homeowner as restitution and that's how you settle it, that's fine. You can make that agreement between the two of you and effectively cut the thief out of the deal, right? The thief then becomes a middleman who basically made a deal for you. <laughs> but if, the, if, if you do not agree to that, let's say you really like the painting or you have some, some, some connection to it or you really you just have no use for the house, then you still have the claim to title to that painting. And the homeowner still has a claim yes. to title to the house because he was defrauded yes. and you were stolen from. Yes. Title did not ever transfer in this transaction. Yes. Yeah, it was a sleight of hand. Nothing actually transferred there. Exactly. Um, so that's the, that's the basic liber- underlying libertarian theory. When you start involving money, people get confused because they see money as, as, a, as, as value representative. But Right. And we can treat it that way just to make de- things like this easier. But from a pure libertarian title sense, you have title to the cash, the bills, the yes. notes that are the money. Yes. Not its value. Yes. Correct. Yeah, that's correct. And that's actually a really hot topic uh, because I think that has some implications that libertarians might not like. But I think it's correct. <laughs> it is um, correct. And it doesn't necessarily undermine the function of treating it as if it's as no. if you have a right to the value, because you consider just like that. Let's say the, st- the thief stole money from you instead and then transferred it to homeowner and homeowner transferred home to thief under fraudulent circumstances. Well, you still have a right to those bills, those notes, right? That's yeah. what you have a right, right to. And if you get with homeowner and say, OK, well, fuck thief, I'll keep the house. You keep the money. We're good. That's yeah. fine. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, so Rothbard and uh, a, a guy named uh, William Evers, Williamson Evers, uh, kind of developed like the libertarian title transfer theory. Um, Rothbard has a great piece called Property Rights and the Theory of Contracts. Um, uh, you can find it at Mises. Uh, he, he like goes over a bunch of examples and he kind of like builds out this framework. This is also um, something Kins- it, it, Kinsella has expounded upon a lot, which is why I'm confused that yeah, Kinsella's on the wrong yeah. side of this. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I think all, yeah, it, it's one of those things where sometimes, uh, it's like, sometimes I'll think, well, what am I just not seeing here? Cause it's like, you know, there's a bunch of smart people who are right otherwise. And then I, there's this thing that I think they're just completely wrong on. It's like, where did I make my mistake? I, and I just go back and try to look to see where I like, but you keep reanalyzing it. You keep it. looking at it and you keep reanalyzing yeah. it. And the more they explain their position, the more problems it has. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, uh, <laughs> no, I, I think no. I, I think that was great because it's like, yeah, um, uh, like in, in the sense of the state, like because the state doesn't have anything, they can't transfer title to anything because every single purchase, quote unquote, purchase they make is fraudulent. Every single one. There, there's no title ever gets transferred legitimately. The, uh, the argument that I've seen counter to this, and this is the most convincing yeah. one that I saw, even though I'm not entirely convinced of it. The argument yeah. that I've seen, uh, and I'm trying to steel man as much as possible the people who disagree. No, absolutely, yeah. Um, the argument that I've I seen, think I know which one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, is that is that th- there's the person who was defrauded by the state in the transfer of title to property the state never actually had. Okay. The person who was defrauded, the person who, let's say, built the road, graded the road, paved the mm-hmm. road, uh, all these contractors and stuff who were paid with stolen money to do that, they knew that they were being paid with tax money. Therefore, it's not a fraud. They knew they were receiving stolen property. Oh, oh okay. So I actually, I, I thought you were going in a different direction. I actually, I believe that this is actually, uh, I, I think this can be countered. So I don't think that... Like, just because they understand the the working mechanics of it, I don't think that's the same as them knowing it was stolen money. I, I, like just, I agree you, with you. Even though you know it is technically tax money, most people don't regard that as theft, right? Uh, because most people... Well, here's the least, thing. Avoid... Because I, I, I made this mistake in making this argument. Okay. It's not about what most people believe. That's a democratic argument. It's about the fact that they have been taught by the thief since they were children that that is not theft. They have been oh, yes. taught by right. the thief forever that the thief does have title to this. They believe the right. title is legitimate. They actually do. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's sort of what I was getting at. But yeah, I, I, pre, I do appreciate the clarification there because that actually strengthens it. I made um, the same mistake because uh, I said I said people believe this and, and, and I realized I was right. making an appeal to a democracy and what? I thought that was not functional. I'm sorry. Well, the, the reason, yeah, no, the reason I, I said people believe it, uh, the, the, what I was trying, what I was like building at is that because they see it as legitimate in the transfer, they expect to legitimately own that money. Yep. At the other end. Yep. But they don't. But they don't. <laughs> so they it's can't. fraudulent. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly yeah. my position. I think it's still a fraud because they think yes. it's legitimate title, even if it's not. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, like, when when you kind of like break this down, right? And again, I, like you know. 
there's a, the, here's the thing, right? Is sometimes I get overwhelmed by the amount of arguments I can make against this because there are actually so many. If there's, there's a ton, we haven't even uh, touched on democracy, the god that works in this one instance. Right? Yes, we haven't even gotten there yet. Yeah, there's so many, uh, and, and I'm fine with a longer episode uh, this time. But you know, I, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, let's talk about the uh, the children argument here, right? And I actually do have something I wanted to read from that. Uh, uh, um, one of my mutuals sent it to me. Um, right. If the idea is that, okay, we can't, so, oh, well, actually, you know what, first, before we tackle that, this will lead into it, right? There's also, like, and this kind of, like, overlaps with net taxpayer theory, it's not net taxpayer theory per se, but it overlaps strongly with it, which is that, well, we can't have open borders until we get rid of the welfare state, right? Okay, well, (laughs) Uh, I know people are like repeating this uh, Friedman mantra here. And by the way, Friedman was not anti-immigration and, or either anti-illegal immigration at all. So people really misunderstand what he was saying there. But besides for that, um, they will say this as if it's like just apparent that, well, according to libertarian theory, we can't have, you know, it's wrong to have open immigration or um, or an open border until we eliminate the welfare state. And the reasoning behind this, of course, is that, well, if more immigrants come in, they're going to put more strain on social services. And this assumes that the state will will be, like, um, using tax money to help the immigrants, right? That's, that's like, the premise here. Um, they'll say that, well, uh, you know, this is going to uh, harm... Uh, the taxpayer in, in some regard. And, you know, obviously as libertarians were very sensitive to not wanting to more pe- people to be taxed. So mm-hmm. I, I understand why this might at first have some intuitive appeal to libertarians. Um, the problem here is that they're, they're essentially you're they're, The problem with this argument is you're bundling two things together. Um, one, the open border argument is that the state does not have a right to restrict access to people walking across um public land or at the very least unowned public land because there might be some like private land that's actually private property it's possible like that, that if they take but, if they take land from a to to illustrate your point there because it's come across a couple of times yeah. if they uh imminent domain a piece of land from a rancher let's say on the border so that they can build their wall or whatever it is um yeah. The rancher is still the legitimate owner of that piece of property. And if the rancher wanted people to not cross there, that's up to him. If the rancher wanted. Yes, exactly. If the rancher did want people to cross there, the state has no right to tell him otherwise. And so so and, and you see this actually happens on the border. There are people who put out water and things like that for migrants who are crossing in from Mexico because they want they don't want them to fucking die. Yeah. They they care about them and yep. they are at least tacitly saying you can use my land to cross. I'm going to ha- I'm going to put things out for you so you don't fucking die. Um at least they're tacitly saying. I I don't know if they give explicit permission, but I mean, let's just assume they do, right? Um because yeah. if you were to ask at least a portion of them, I'm sure they would. So if you have yeah, statistically this, it makes sense at least some of them would like be okay with them crossing. Sure, uh, right. <laughs> Um, and that's fine. They should be allowed to do that with their land. The state doesn't get to come in and say, no, you can't. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is the current position right now. Right. And, and, you know, as Jack LaFrenter has said in the past, it's not just a line, right? It's a policy. It's not like, you know, you, you, you stepped over the line 
and now we get to, you know, uh, throw you out. It's like, even if you, like, dropped in from orbit straight into the heartland of America, into some unknown field or something like that, there's some ice agents coming to get you. Yes. You know, they find you. Yes, exactly. Uh, I mean, that's a, that he made that point, too, where he said uh, he said something on the lines of, like, why do I have to show my passport every time I land, if I land on a plane in, in, a, uh, in Kansas? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I'm sorry, continue. So, um... <laughs> No, no. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, like the welfare argument is that, well, you know, we don't want to add extra burden to, the, uh, you know, the taxpayer. And again, I, as I said before, I understand the intuitive appeal of this argument. I do. I can see why libertarians might at first glance think it's good. The problem is, as I was saying before, these are two different things that they're just being bundled together. And it, it, it's, it's tricking people into thinking that's the same thing. So the open border position, as I said, is just that the state does not have a right to restrict uh, people uh, walking across unowned land on the border. Um, and that's all it says. It doesn't say anything about whether those immigrants have a right to trespass on private property or aggress. Right. As libertarians would say, no, they don't have that right. But they do have the right to walk across unowned land, as, do, as does everybody. Sure. Um, uh, that is what the open border position qua libertarianism is saying. Um it says nothing else about what will happen once they get here. That's irrelevant to the open, open borders argument. Completely irrelevant. Um, and, it doesn't you know, have anything course, to do uh, with, the, with the basic... It doesn't have anything to do... Because it's not consequentialist. It doesn't care. Right. It does not care. The, the, the only thing that, that matters with regard to the libertarian argument about this is... Is the person within their rights? Exactly. Yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't mean, by the way, that you can't have opinions about what happens uh, right. when somebody crosses. I mean, that's that's you're you're free to have opinions yeah. about that shit. But yeah, exactly. But making a, a policy that impedes the rights of individuals is a problem from a libertarian perspective. Yes. Yeah, even if it has even if it did have good consequences or whatever we arbitrarily regard as a good consequence. Uh, it still wouldn't change the libertarian deduction that it was a rights violation. Right. Um, uh, but uh, in, the, in the welfare argument, what's happening there is the state is stealing from the taxpayers and giving it to the immigrants. It, it, I mean, you know, I, it, how many immigrants are actually receiving state services, that's very debatable. Just grant, you just, just, can just grant it because it doesn't change it. Yeah, right. I'm just going to grant it and say they are. The they don't have the right to the, the immigrants would not have the right to take that taxpayer money just as like anyone else in the country would have a right to take at least more than what they paid in. Um, but but that has nothing to do with whether they have the right to cross into the into the country. Right. Nothing whatsoever to do. Right. Uh, and they're the, two different issues like, that are that are argued about from from effectively the same libertarian principle. Right. Again, I. I if we lived in a country that had complete socialized medicine and private medicine was completely outlawed, right? Every time someone gets sick or like makes real bad life choices, um, and they're Smokes in the ER, a cigarette, that is, yeah, that's going to be socialized onto the taxpayer. And the more unhealthy choices they make in their life, the more of a burden it's going to put on the taxpayer, right? Um, that does not mean, from a libertarian perspective, that we have a right to firebomb McDonald's. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even if it would lessen, even if we like firebombed the shitty fast food establishments 
And that did in turn reduce the amount of burden. Like, like, you know, if we, if we all became health cops and ordered everyone to, you know, eat healthier and do all this, it would reduce the burden on the taxpayers. It all, it would also be completely unjustifiable from a libertarian perspective. Yes. Well, it's the same thing as, for example, let's, let's, it's the same argument as, I mean, again, let's say, let's say there's socialized medicine. Well, now you can make the argument for gun control. Why? Because some proportion of guns that are privately owned are going to be used in, in violence that's going to require the, the attention of the medical establishment. And so mm-hmm. your, your, the, the, and by the way, it's a very small proportion. Uh, the, you can do the math on this. It's actually kind of fascinating if you do the math on how many guns are actually used in crime. Americans are really good at not using their guns for crimes. But mm-hmm. in any case, um, better than most of the rest of the world. But in any case, some proportion of them are. And so you can start making arguments for gun control from the position of socialized medicine in the same way that you can make those arguments about fast food. And it's interesting to me that libertarians are usually so good about delineating uh, like different subjects in return in regards to like what aggression is or isn't. But when it comes to the border, they just like start squishing these two different things together. Yes. Uh, to try to come up with like a policy position on it, even though it's two different, complete, two different things right you can be opposed to socialized uh like medicine in general and without coming uh without advocating for health restrictions or like uh health like mandatory exercise a day or you know all these other absurd policy positions or uh, you know another thing would be like um uh you know it'd be like saying well until we can remove this socialized medicine we have to outlaw drugs, right? Because that will, mm-hmm. you know, that will really harm people's, like hard drugs. That will really harm people's bodies. So obviously we have to cushion the net taxpayer from this. It's like, that's obviously unlibertarian. Yes. Uh, but, uh, and most libertarians would understand that, but when it comes to the border, they just don't. Uh, it, it's really, fr- it can be really frustrating. Yeah, another argument, you're going to hear this a lot in this episode, another argument, but it's, it, you know, <laughs> there's a lot. Uh, um it's like a it's like a it's it's a little bit like and i only and i only say this because i just listened to it recently but it's almost like you and keith talking about courtesy arvin where it's like another um, argument he makes is <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah 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 um one of my personal fa- favorite arguments because it just shows kind of how absurd the whole thing is mm-hmm. is the argument about children uh now let, let me lay out a little bit of the net taxpayer argument the net taxpayer argument says Obviously, the net taxpayers of the country have a, a property claim in the public lands, and uh, that and foreigners who come in um, do not, right? Obviously, because they haven't paid taxes into it, so they haven't earned an ownership claim over any of the public lands. Okay, now, and you know, this also dovetails uh, highly with the with the welfare argument, right? Because the idea is that, well, if we can, you know, the idea is that, well, we we can justly restrict immigration until until the welfare state is removed. Well, it also dovetails with the invitee argument as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, And that's actually going to be a very important point here that I think a lot of libertarians actually um, don't know what that actually is. Um, So in regards to like children, right, uh, I've used the argument before and and Walter Block is kind of like who I got this from. Uh, He has a great article on immigration. I can link it to you if you want to put that in the show notes. The guy who just Um, got kicked out of libertarianism by (laughs) Hopper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hoppe, who said, by the way, that Walter Block has a lot of positions that are very much perfectly libertarian positions. Hoppe said that in yes. his open letter. Hoppe said that Walter Block has yes. written uh, most of his stuff that he's written is perfectly in line with libertarian theory. Yeah. 
Yeah. So Walter Block, uh, uh, kind of like uh, this is probably like my favorite argument actually against all of them because as I said, it shows the absurdity. Um, we can, by analogy, talk about childbirth and immigration very similarly. Not entirely similar, but similar enough to where the principle, it's the same principle um, in regard to a libertarian worldview. Um, If we regard children as immigrating from Storkistan, right, uh, into America, um, it seems that there's many, uh, this can counter many libertarian arguments or not maybe not counter but it can it can certainly reduct you out absurdum certain libertarian arguments against immigration for example um let's assume uh and actually we don't even have to assume we can just use i was going to say I, sometimes i usually say let's assume the state is uh subsidizing childbirth and let you know I, i'll come up with that type of scenario but i don't even need to do that uh public schooling uh, exists right now uh children are oh, being the, subsidized you, you, you get a tax break for having a kid I mean, it's, it's right, directly right. subsidized. Right. Well, I'm not I'm not specifically saying tax break is a subsidy. I, I mean, it's actually like there's actual state taxes being used to fund the education of children specifically. Yes. Yes. Um, but but um, for, for, for this example, uh, in terms of like children uh, right now. There are now, now. Look, here's the thing, right? Other people will immediately counter this and say, "Oh, but, but wait, wait, wait! The parents are probably net taxpayers." Which, even if I grant that, uh, you know, they can say that. Well, they're getting out from the school just what they paid in, so that that's fine. So that you know, okay, I'm going to grant them that, right? Um, even if I grant them that, there are people, there are adults who do not have children who are paying taxes right now. To fund the education of children uh, that and they're not getting anything back from that. Right. No. They don't get receive any service back from that. Their money is being consumed. Those at least a portion of those children are net tax consumers of someone else's money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Have to be uh, not just their parents. And, and you can't just say it's their parents getting back money because not everyone who pays into public school is a parent. Right. So we can kind of disregard that objection. Um, so now, um, here's another thing, right? We could say against this or another possible rebuttal to my argument. Hoppe and people use this often and they use it incorrectly, but Hoppe would say, or Hoppians, I should say, would say, oh, but Cece, uh, the child is being invited in and Hoppe says you can, it's, it's fine to invite immigrants in. They just can't freely come in of their own volition. But if someone invites them in, then it's okay. Yes. Right. And, um, I hate to break it to some of these Hoppians who, who say this, that is not Hoppe's whole position by what he means by invitation. Um, invitation is necessary for his position, but it's not sufficient. Um, Hoppe, in his, in his article, Hoppe specifically says that the invite, the inviter, the person who is inviting must cover the costs, all costs that would otherwise be socialized. The inviter must cover those. In order for the in order for the immigrant to actually be allowed access in, and if the inviter doesn't cover all those costs, then the immigrant can be justly restricted. Okay. Yes. So by this standard, the parents of these children are not 
sending a check to all the childless people in their community. <laughs> no. <laughs> Saying, hey, sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, sorry about that. He, he, I'm covering the cost of this immigrant I invited in from Storkistan. Uh, they're not doing that. So by, by HAPA's standards, they do not meet the qualification of being invited. Yeah, they're not an invitee because, because the, the, their costs are not being borne by, by the person who invited them. Correct. Correct. At, at least so, not in whole. Yeah, right, exactly. So that means that under HAPA's own argument here, they are not actually, as you said, they're not invitees by HAPA standards. Uh, they are an un- the children from Storkistan have unjustly entered uh, this country, and uh, they are now mooching off of other net taxpayers, and their costs are being socialized onto them. Yes. Uh, so by that standard, if you support a restriction on immigration from Mexico to America— you should support an immigration restriction from Storkistan to America by the same by the same reasoning, right? Like it's, I mean, you, you would, you I, would I yes. If you were going to apply these things consistently, yes, yeah. right, yeah. And I'm not I'm obviously you know breaking you know kayfabe here. I'm not advocating for that, but I'm just showing how preposterous and absurd the conclusion kind of is. And more importantly, I'm showing that most libertarians who make a closed borders argument on these grounds. Don't actually it, it's it's a smoke it's a smoke screen right like yes. they don't actually if they're not doing it because they truly genuinely believe uh, this they're doing it because they're just trying to look for some type of ammunition to get the closed borders conclusion that they want yeah and uh, you know um because if they truly did believe this then they should bite the bullet they should bite the bullet and say yep. Um, if the parents are not going to cover the co- socialized cost of their children, then they should be restricted from having them. Like the that one guy you were talking to was willing to do with uh, the gun thing. Yes, right, exactly. Like I respect that truthfully. I think it's yeah. like, insane, but I respect it. He's wrong. He, uh, wait, look, he's wrong, but at least he's consistent. Right. Yeah. He's wrong for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Uh, but yeah. It, again. If by HAPA's own standards, or by the standards of net taxpayer theory and uh, the invitee program that HAPA proposes as a justification, um, the t- most children uh, are not meeting that standard. And if, ha- and if HAPA says that standard, uh, the, if an immigrant um, doesn't meet that standard, then they can be justly restricted. Then that, would, that also, as I said, applies to children. Yes. So I think if the Hoppians are intellectually honest, the closed border, I shouldn't say Hoppians, but there are, I will, I, I do want to give credit. Uh, there are uh, Hoppians that I've seen more and more now who are actually coming or are actually like seeing that there are some problems with Hoppa's, uh, you know, theory immigration here. position. Yeah. Well, I mean, yes. we, we pointed yeah. it out a little bit in his, in his open letter to Walter Block. He, he right. says things, he posits core, core libertarian principles that are correct in his article against Walter Block. Yeah that are uh that are directly in conflict when taken to their logical conclusion with his position on immigration. And I also don't want to come across as just shitting on Hoppe, because I think most of what Hoppe has written is consistent with libertarianism. This is so just I, a I weird think... little bugaboo point that a lot of libertarians yeah. get bad, especially really yeah. fucking good ones like Kinsella, Hoppe, and even Rothbard. Yes. Yeah. Uh it, it, I think part of the reason I, I focus on it so strongly is that 
a lot of li- good libertarians see so, are so vehement about defending Hoppe's worst position. Yes, it's so weird. Um, because um, yeah. you don't see people coming so, out of the woodwork to do that for Block, for example, on Israel. No, no, right. Most people, most people's response to Hoppe's kicking Walter Block out of libertarianism over his Israel position was, I mean, it's sad, but it is. It's true. Right. I mean, that was most people, yeah. most people that I saw's response to that. So, so mm-hmm. I mean, why, where is that response to Hoppe, to Kinsella, to Rothbard's later work? <laughs> like, yeah. wh- where is it? Right. Yeah. I, so I think if you are actually a libertarian and you're a closed borders libertarian and you are using either the welfare argument or the net taxpayer theory, which again overlap very highly. Um, if you're using either of those arguments to justify immigration restrictions, then you have no non-arbitrary reason mm-hmm. to oppose immigration restrictions from Storkistan to America. None. None whatsoever. It's true. It's true. Um, do you mind another just real quickly? Oh, do ahead, you yeah, mind no, if yeah, I? Go do you mind if I make my version of the argument against uh, democracy the guy that works this one time? Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Go, go 100%. Go okay. So the, the general response that I've seen, and I'm sure your argument against this is different from mine, but, but the way that I, that I want to put it is this. Um, the, the argument that I've seen with regard to this, let's, let's, let's say, okay, fine. Let's say the net taxpayers are all collective owners of public, of public property. Okay. Let's say that. What mm-hmm. do you do, and this kind of goes back to the easement argument, what do you do in the case that a, a taxpayer wants to use that property in a way that you disapprove of? Well, the argument that I've seen posited is twofold. The first is, or not twofold, but there's two kind of branches to it. The first is that it has something to do with the Aristotelian nature of the property. The idea that if you're going to use a piece of property yeah. in a way that is counter to its purpose, right? Then uh, <laughs> yeah. you you have the right to be res- you you are re- to be restricted in that way. Um, this is something that has a lot of problems, not the least of which is that land has many uses. Land doesn't just have a single use. You can use land for a million different things. You can tear things down and build other things in their place. The, this this idea that there is some Aristotelian nature to land that is. Sp- Specific to what's happening on the land right now is crazy. Um, or even if it, there is, that it has any implication on libertarian legal theories. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like it. Yeah, like it matters at all from from the from the first principles of libertarianism. Um, in any case, so let's let's that I I think is not a good argument at all. But okay, so let's take the other branch. The idea that well, yes, there will be conflict. They admit yes, there will be conflicts over land use with regard to public property. But the way that, and this is, I'm going to utilize Kinsella. I think Kinsella has the strongest argument of all the wrong arguments I've seen. Um, yeah. I'm going to use Kinsella. I'm going to use Kinsella's position. The idea that, well, in order to maximize restitution, you would have to, um, you would have to uh, uh, codify the position of of course, respecting the easement discussion that we had earlier, you would have to codify the position of the majority of owners of that land because that is how they want it used, and that's how you can maximize restitution to all the people from whom uh, 
the land or the, the value was stolen in order to make it public land, you have to use the majority. This is my problem with that. I think that Hoppe is right when he says democracy doesn't work. I think that all the anarchists are right when they say that democracy doesn't work. American individuals anarchists, anyway. This idea mm-hmm. that we are represented in any functional way by a democratic system of government is insane. It is absolutely insane. There is no way that some tens of thousands, millions of people can be represented by a person who gets elected to, who gets the title of representative, but then they go and they make decisions that those, even their constituents, the people who actually voted for them, don't agree with. This is, this is, not, a, this is not a functional system of representative governance. Not at all. And so the position then becomes, so what? The will of the majority filtered through an unrepresentative system is what must be applied here. I just don't think it works. I just don't think it functions. And that's, a, that's, yeah. that's outside of the fact that whether or not they have the right to do what they want with the property, whether or not they have the right, all, all that other stuff, aside from all of that, Democracy is the God that fails every time. It doesn't yeah, work in and, this and, one instance. And, you know, one of Hoppe's arguments against democracy, and this isn't strictly a libertarian argument, but it's an economic argument against democracy, is that it produces very high time preference behavior. Um, so I, I don't see how that, like, the, the closed border advocates would somehow be escaping this right because uh, while even if it's private property which in general so Hoppe's argument for monarchy is that you with the monarch if he's the sole owner of the property he has a, a tendency he has an incentive to take care of it right um the, all his kingdom right yeah uh, with democracy or they will cut uh, his fucking head off argument, right <laughs> <laughs> with the um with Hoppe's or with um with Hoppe's argument against democracy is that it, it's sort of like the tragedy of the commons situation where it's like you know you're just um uh there's no incentive to really um improve the value upon this land or anything like that um you, you're just going to have people like kind of sort of, sort of just like um, eating away at all the value is, you know, and, and again, that is true under public property, right? That is, that is true. Like, so it's not like it's not happening now, which would be a good rebuttal. But the problem is it doesn't solve the problem. It, it, like, you're, you're just like, if you democratize private property, it's not like that problem necessarily just goes away. Right. <laughs> Right. You still maintain that same issue. You still have. And outside of the fact that you're basically telling 49.9% of the population that the way they want to use the property that you tell them is nominally theirs is illegitimate. Yeah. It doesn't get to happen. Right. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's, that's, that's the core of my oh. argument against the, the sort of yeah. majoritarian will of the people sort of position that Dave takes. And he does right. explicitly say the will of the people. Um, yeah. And, and anyway, what do you have a different one? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, 
I, I do, but that's also very... Uh, I do want to touch on the will of the people thing, because I don't think we really touched on it much. Uh, like, this is what I was saying earlier in the show, when I was saying he keeps hopping between argument to argument, and he won't stick with one to justify his position. Like, first, it's like, well, let's just pretend it's private property. Uh, but, oh, but even if it is, the he the, the Heron uh, user, even if he owns the property, or he has a claim in it, he can't do it anyway. You know, it's, it's like... He won't stick to like one position to justify his conclusion. So I, I, I'm just like try. It's like you know playing musical chairs, trying to see okay, which one is the argument that justifies your conclusion here? Yes, he's hopping between them, and now the the will of the people comes up. It's like okay, well, you might as well just throw libertarians in the trash now, like you know. Yeah, if that's the um, argument you're going to be making, is that here's the thing: if your argument is that public property should be used the way that the voters think it should be used, okay. Fine, uh-huh. I'll take your argument, and I will agree with you, and I will say that yes, public property should be used in the way that the majority votes for it to be used. And you know what's public property? Bombs that right. the government makes, and the government makes these bombs, and then the 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 people who are voted on by the population go drop those bombs on innocent fucking people, or they give them to Israel to drop on innocent fucking people. That's the argument you're making. Is that that is good? It, it's, there's like like this is what I was saying before about like you're gonna hear this a lot, but like two more arguments against this just popped in my head. So we could be going for a while. <laughs> um, but uh, you know the will of the people thing. It's like. What type of argument is that? Like, really? Like, if it's you want to justify your conclusion, for all of democratic government, right? If you're gonna like, look, look, I, I just don't want to be bullshitted. Really, at the end of the day, just if you're going to give me your argument, I don't even care if it's arbitrary. But just like, don't sit here and bullshit and act like, well, I believe this because will of the people. Oh, really? Like, I, even oh, okay. if his argument is entirely, I do not want my kids surrounded by immigrants who do not care about my society. Just say that. Just, just say, say that. it. Yeah, just say it. Don't will of the people. Uh, <laughs> because it's like, um, I, I don't know. Uh, to, for, for a fan of Hoppe to talk about the will of the people in anything but a negative light is... Uh, it's, it's 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 quite astounding. It's weird. It's weird. It's Hoppe's weirdest position because it's counter to so much of what he says. Well, no, I, I'm saying Dave's position. Oh, Dave's. Well, I'm mean, sorry. I mean, I mean, like like, like that that whole thing. I mean, I should have been m- m- more general. Not just Hoppe's weirdest position. It's all these people's weirdest position. Yeah, but I but for for Dave to say that, it's like I don't believe either. He's just like throwing away libertarianism altogether which i don't think but i or he just doesn't want to say exactly what like the the foundational why uh he he's making the conclusion um and i think that's more than likely why but uh, his appeal to like will of the people it's like okay well if the majority of people want to ban guns or uh, say you can't leave your house uh, unless you have a vaccine or a mask it's like okay well you know will the people dude uh, yeah, you gotta you gotta do you. what the majority says. Yeah, I just, just don't. I, I'm I'm so I am so resistant to any justification for any position that comes down to well, the mob says so. Right? Yes. What the fuck do you mean? That's all. That, that is right. exactly what libertarianism is against. 
Yes. Allowing yes. the if rights of an individual to be subject to the will of a mob. Yeah. Against the world. Against the entire world, if necessary. Yes. Exactly. I just, I, I find it, it, it I, I, I just find it, it, it is, it is mind boggling. And again, there are so many really good libertarians that are on the, the, what I think is the wrong side of this issue. I've sat down and I've thought about it. I had conversations with people. There were some people I was dunking on, but they were people who were acting in bad faith. There was one guy who made a really good argument using Kinsella stuff in particular. And I was mm-hmm. talking to him and I was saying, but what about this problem with it? And what about this problem with it? And every answer was just unsatisfying. It's just not yeah. convincing. I really, really want to see where I'm wrong here, and I'm afraid I can't right. see it. I'm just not wrong. I don't think. And that's the thing. I'm not uh, like uh, if the if the libertarianism led me to the position of closed borders, I would bite the bullet and accept that. But I don't see it. <laughs> if I exactly, that's exactly it. If if there was if there was something in the core premise of libertarianism that made me think that this was the right call. Okay, I would I would have a choice to make. Do I believe in the core premise of libertarianism or is this my and here's the thing. Here's the here's the dirty little secret about me that I don't think a lot of people are going to be happy to learn. I'm not a huge fucking fan of illegal immigration. I kind of fucking hate it. Because I've seen a lot of really bad fucking consequences that come from it. There's a lot of people who are in the jail right now who only speak Spanish and they're not here legally. And -hmm. they've done some pretty terrible fucked up things. So I am not a huge fucking fan of illegal immigration. Is that to say necessarily these people are worse or better than the person who was born here who's sitting next to him in the jail? Not really. But I don't like it. I just, it makes me queasy. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Because the core premises of libertarianism do not say that I get to tell them no. Or that anyone does. Or to use violence to do it especially. uh, Kinsella uh, coined, I think, one of the best uh, libertarian terms uh, in recent memory, which is way station libertarians. Which is uh, like people who were just libertarians, like for, uh, they they self-identify as libertarians. But when uh, the rubber meets the road... Uh, they eventually find something that grosses them out, and then they quickly like, yeah. abandon it. Um, I think one of the and look, going back to Walter Block for a second. Um, I, there are things I strongly disagree with Walter Block on in um, defending the undefendable, um, like his position on like slave self, or voluntary slavery uh, is probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah, I think uh, uh, I isn't it Rothbard who actually has the alienation argument against that? That's what I think is actually the good argument there. Isn't that Rothbard? Yeah. It, yes. Yes. Rothbard was, a, didn't think you could actually alien. Yeah. Yes. That, and that ties into title transfer theory, actually in, it fact, does. in the title transfer uh, article I mentioned earlier, Rothbard actually taught tackles the uh, concept of um, voluntary slavery. Um, but anyway, I, so I disagree with that, uh, that part in, in blocks argument, but I think that book in general, defending the indefendable is needs to be read by more self-described libertarians because if you call yourself a libertarian and you have not like thought out all the possible like things you find icky, um, then I don't necessarily trust you as a libertarian. It's like right. uh, you know, it could be like you could find like one thing really disgusting and then just abandon the whole thing, right? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, this is so, the, this is the part of the core issue with it too. Is it's like there are a lot of things, and this is again, this goes back to what I heard as a kid from not an anarchist, not even really a hardcore, you know, died in the wool, staunch in the cut libertarian, but from a civil libertarian, quote unquote, conservative guy on the fucking radio, and he said, "Freedom fucking hurts." Freedom hurts. Yeah. It means you have to watch people do things you would not have them do, but you can't stop them, at least not violently, because they have the right to do it. They get to do it. And whether that I, means adults having sex you don't like or using drugs or whatever it is, you can try and convince them that it's wrong, but you don't get to pull a gun on them. You just don't. I know some libertarians who are not fans of guns. They don't like them. Um but they they don't think that they should like be banned or restricted in any way. And that opinion does not make them any less libertarian than me or you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's, you can, you can have opinions about things. You can find things like that you don't like. There's nothing saying you can't, but I, I, there's something that bothers me where people like do not like, like what they think of a scenario, like someone using heroin on the sidewalk and in public view and they completely shudder, and uh, this is like the, the a choice-making moment for them where they either decide, well, this seems very gross to me, so it can't be libertarian, or they make the decision that this is libertarian, but it's very gross to me, and then they have to make another decision whether they're going to be a libertarian or not, you know? Yes. <laughs> After that. Yes. Um, and here's the thing. I if you're being honest, I don't people, care what side of that yeah. you come down on. But if you right, but if right. you decide it's libertarian and I don't like it, so I'm not going to be that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I respect. That. I, I don't respect people trying to twist libertarianism into banning things that they find icky because uh, you know. Yeah, it's just. It's just oh, there were people God. who were uh, um, lead slinger um, was talking about you had said somewhere in the thread in there that like somebody being naked on their own property isn't a rights violation. Yeah. And Rollo also wrote a piece about it. He, he replied under that. He had written a piece about that, like in 2012 or something like that a long time ago. Uh, it's a good article. Yeah. So so and, and, and then it gets spun as if like uh, this dude thinks it's OK for people to waggle their dicks at kids. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's not what's being said. No. That's not what's being yeah. said. Those, those types of people who uh, construe things like that are the same types of people who think, like, if you think guns should be, uh, like, um, unrestricted, you think that uh, school shootings should happen. Or that you yes. think... Uh, How many you know, kids have uh, to die before we... Right. Fuck you! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And fuck oh, Lead Slinger no. for that bullshit, too. That's fucking horse shit. And yeah. what's hilarious about it is Lead Slinger's one of these fucking 2A guys. Like, and I hear talking about, well, all your kids have to die before I give up my gun. Fuck you! Right. You fucking piece of shit! Fucking disingenuous ass! <laughs> God, what a yeah. fucking moron! This, this, this actually aggravates me to an extent that I, I, I don't think I... Because here's the problem. Here's the real problem with it. I'm bothered by two things with regard to these kinds of arguments. First, I'm bothered by the argument that we need to Disneyfy the world so your kids don't see shit that you don't want them to see. Right. Fuck you. The world exists for adults, not for your kids. 
I've told this story a yeah, million it, times, but when I was a kid, we went to a restaurant. This was a very horny fucking restaurant. It was a bar. People were there, professionals, after work, and they were hitting on each other at the fucking bar, and everybody had their ties loose, and it was just a, not a really good environment for kids. What do we do? We fucking left! Oh, you didn't firebomb the establishment? No! We left! <laughs> because it was obvious this was not an environment for children, so my parents removed yeah. their children from it. Christ. Yeah, so we don't I, I hate the Disneyfy yeah. the world argument and I also hate the the disingenuous bullshit of 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 saying well what about the children? Think about the children. No. Right. I won't. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. You can't make me. You can't make me think about the children. Just like you can't make me think about the children for gun control. You can't make me think about the children for the core fucking thesis of libertarianism. Fuck you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, oh my god, and the idea that, like, you know, seeing, like, 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 just, if you just saw someone, like, shooting up heroin, that that's somehow a rights violation, like, Jesus, just please stop calling yourself a libertarian, please, I beg, I beg of you, I, I, just, just be a Republican, be whatever you want to be, you can invent a new philosophy, just, please get out, yeah, <laughs> just please, yeah. Like, do your own thing. It's uh, fine. It's fine. Yeah. But you're being dishonest. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, uh, I mean, that's one of, the, one of the things. I was talking to my dad about this, actually. I, mean, I was talking to my dad about this idea. We, we drove by a billboard for a sex shop. Mm-hmm. And I told my dad, I said, I asked him, basically, I was like, was there a time when you would have wanted a, a rule to remove that? And we had a conversation about it, and it was very interesting. The basic sort of thing was, like, I mean, it's not really up to me, and it's not really my job. It's not really, it's, it's if I can't protect my kids from information or from uh, 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 sort of contextualizing information, explaining mm-hmm. things to kids when they come across it in the real world, I mean, you, 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 uh, you got kids... This helicopter parent mentality of like everything that's bad in the world has to be uh, my kid can't even know it's it exists. Right. I mean, what do you fucking mean? That's why kids you send them out into the world, they go to fucking college, they go nuts. It is what it is. You you can't you the world is the world. You can't protect kids from it forever. Am I saying that people should waggle their dick in front of kids. No. I think that's bad. That's a bad yeah. thing to do. Yeah. But in the same way, I'm not saying people should shoot a heroin exactly. <laughs> on the sidewalk. <laughs> and I'm not even, by the way, I'm not even necessarily making the argument people have the right to waggle their dick in front of kids. I'm not saying that people have oh, the right. right to do yeah. that. That's disingenuous agree, yeah. from fucking Led Slinger. Yes. No one's saying that. I yeah. just don't, I just don't, uh, um, the, 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 the constant need, need for culture war conservatives to frame everything as think of the children disgusts me. Yes. Ugh. Yeah. yeah. Protect yeah, your and, own. And you know, like, Grow a pair. You know, also, you know, 
going back to Dave's point, what, what Dave said in the clip is that, uh, uh, you know, when he was critiquing theory uh, about like, oh, yeah, you're going to, you know, stick to your theories when, you know, even if it's going to mm-hmm. uh, cause, I, I don't I don't remember his exact wording, but basically, oh, you're going to stick by your theories even if it causes like the complete societal uh, collapse or destruction or and, and it just makes everything worse for everyone. Uh, it's like that. Well, it's like, well, for one. I do not in any way think that a libertarian view would actually, I don't think libertarianism would actually bring about that end. But, but, but I will bite the bullet. I will bite the bullet and say, if it was the case that respecting people's rights uh, for whatever reason, like whatever reason, made people feel like they were worse off in their life, I would still say they have a right. They're they're within their rights to be within their rights, right? Uh, you right. have to respect their rights, uh, even if you're disgusted. <laughs> even if you know uh, uh, you hate the society you're living in because of pe- respecting people's rights. Yeah, I mean, here's it, the, it anyone who's had an addict in their family knows this. Yeah, like intuitively, you you can you can constantly enable them, right? But you're only hurting yourself and them. You can you can try and force them into treatment, but they're, it's not going to stick if they don't want it. Everyone knows this. There's there is yeah. no other option but to just let them do what they're going to do, and eventually, maybe they come back around. Maybe. But 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 there's no there's no way you can't buy your way out of it. You can't force them into treatment and have it work for any length of time. Mm-hmm. It's it just is. That's that's reality yeah. at its most real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And ultimately, I think, you know. I so obviously, look, if if Dave is a consequentialist, which I think he is. I, I just want to say it, right? Yeah. I obviously disagree strongly with consequentialists, uh, but but at least you know, just be honest and say it. But on that note, right? I regard like a good libertarian as a libertarian who is willing to bite the bullets of their deductions. Like they're willing to say, "Yep, that's what it. Yeah. That's what it says." Yep. Yep. Uh, and you know, this idea of you know, you stick up for people's rights. Even when the like, look, it's the same thing about free speech, dude. It's the exact same thing. No one has to defend people's rights to go, you know, uh, smile and wave down the street or something like that. Or no one has to defend people's rights uh, to say good morning or, mm-hmm. oh, you look nice today or anything like that. None of that requires defending. OK, what really requires defending is the most like vile and like hypothetical, most vile, like uh, gross, assholeish behavior you can imagine that is still within people's rights. Yeah, that is what needs defending. And just in the same way that free speech, if you're going to be a defender of free speech, you have to defend people's rights to say some of the most like awful things imaginable. Yeah, awful, absolutely terrible. And to me. In the same way that proves how much you're willing actually to defend free speech, that to me, you have to be the type of libertarian who's willing to bite the bullet and defend absolutely horrible people or absolutely just like assholes or people that most people would consider like the undesirables, right? 
um, uh, you have to be willing to defend their rights. And in fact, I would think they require more defense because, as I said, no one has to defend the rights of people to do everything everyone already agrees is okay. Yeah. Uh, at all. So these are the people who require the most defense in my eye. This is something um, that. And I think this. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, continue. Continue. No, no, no. I, I was done. Go. I, I was going to pull something up. There was a. Uh... Uh, people, people who are familiar with the law of the First Amendment know this. There was a case called National Socialist Party of America v. Uh, Village of Skokie. And the, the case was about, effectively the KKK had a, a rally in Skokie. And during this, I, I, I recommend people pull up and read the speech for themselves. It's, it's some pretty horrific shit. That was being said during this speech. Mm-hmm. But the, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that it was protected. The American Civil Liberties Union argued on behalf of the KKK that this kind of speech should be protected. And um, the lawyers on the case, one was named Burton Joseph. The other was named David Goldberger. This is a this is something that my wife and I were talking about, and and I I asked her. I said, "Do you know if any of the attorneys, the ACLU attorneys on that case, were Jewish?" She said, "I don't know." And I said, "Let's pull up their names and see." And she started guessing. She said, "You know, Goldfarber." Uh, well, it ends up it's Goldberger. <laughs> so this is a this is a Jewish attorney who is at least ethnically right, who is making the argument that the KKK should be allowed to say that that he should be gone yeah terrible terrible things about jews and blacks and all that other stuff and they and yet they made the argument why because it's important it's important that people who are within their rights and behaving in a vile way it's important that that be defended because it's a very very short slope from well that's vile so we ought to ban it to you you whoever's listening to this you what you're doing is vile and we ought to ban it very, very and this short is also slide. another part. Yeah, exactly. No, I, that's such a good. That's such a good like historical fact. Uh, I, I didn't actually know about. That's 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 a. It, it just goes to the point, right? Yeah, like being able to defend principles, stand on principle, and defend people who hate you. I believe is virtuous in the in the sense that you were defending their rights, right? Like if you're actually defending their rights that you all share, they also share them, even if they hate you. <laughs> yeah. Um. And, you know, this uh, this is also something and, you know, where it's like Dave's made comments in the past about like how, well, you know, the the mass majority of people are just uh, open borders is just a non-starter for them. Right. It's like uh, and, and, you know, again, Dave like jumps between from one argument to the next. So I don't know if this is actually one of his foundational reasons for opposing immigration, but he's mentioned it a few times. So I I feel comfortable like bringing it up. But um, if that's one of the reasons why you don't want to like, uh, um, you know, consider that open immigration is the libertarian for it is the correct libertarian answer then you know i i don't know uh, what do you think the what do you think the masses are going to think about selling your kidney for fentanyl <laughs> you know right <laughs> like uh oh you think that you should be able to own a tank uh, an rpg in your home 
What? Yeah. Every you know, wait a minute. Every gun re- every gun restrictions and infringement. Every single one. Right. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you think that people can, should just be able to be free to like you know uh, use what any drug they want in their own body? Oh, oh, yeah. You know, it's like oh, there's so, like the masses already don't like to the extent that the masses are do overlap with libertarianism they're not doing it for the same reasons you know yeah it, it's just kind of a happenstance type thing well this is something that a few um, people have pointed out in the group chat i think necro and honey yeah. both, both might, might have made yeah. this point but there was a uh the the people were calling back to hoppa and all this stuff for their arguments and it's like how many of these people agree with hoppa that abortion shouldn't be restricted oh right yeah right because hoppa has said that that's something he said explicitly, yes. that this is a matter that should oh. only be in the purview of the parents. Both Hoppe and Rothbard were pro-choice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know how never... many of these people would agree with them on that. Yeah, well, no, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I think most of the Hoppians um, have a rightward bent and probably disagree with, with um um, abortion and again this is not like again I, no matter where you the listener falls on this issue the point is that the people who are making the argument that well hoppa said this rothbard said this it's like okay they also said positions you likely don't agree with so why are you ignoring those and just you know latching yourself onto this why one? appeal to the fact that this is the person who said it just engage with the argument or make yeah, the it's argument just a genetic like, fallacy yeah, it doesn't matter. I mean, this is the thing. This is what I, this, again, this is what I try to do with Kinsella's thing, because Kinsella's written about this a lot. And I think he has the best yeah. arguments about this. And, mm-hmm. and, and so, but it's not because it's, I, I, I even said to the guy I was talking to about it, I said, uh, far be it for me to argue with Kinsella, but not that far. I, I, I think he's <laughs> wrong here. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, it's, 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 it, it has nothing to do with the fact that it's fucking Kinsella. Kinsella's great. But uh, yeah. I think he's wrong. I think his arguments aren't good. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. Um, Just as I'm sure there's a lot of people, especially internet Hoppians, who would say that Hoppe's uh, position on abortion is his worst position. Well, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then we agree these people are fallible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Someone, someone linked that, uh, that uh, piece like, um, um, that I was talking about the Rothbard, like what to do until privatization comes. Someone linked that and they said uh, something to the effect of uh, Rothbard already answered this like such and such years ago. It's like, I I just found it's like, where in this did Rothbard actually make an argument from libertarian principles? Like this is just Rothbard's opinion. This is an opinion piece by Rothbard. He's not making like a, like a libertarian claim from libertarian principles as to why this is like the only answer here or why it's a legitimate answer. It's just what he thinks is essentially prudent. And in it, Uh, he says that the people who disagree with him are right from libertarian principles. I mean, I don't know how else to read that these, that the people who disagree with him may be, and again, I think this is as close to an accurate quote as I'm going to get off the top of my head, but um, that they are solid in the high halls of theory. How else do you read that other than by saying that they're right? According to libertarian theory. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like just there is a tendency of hero worship, I, I find, in a lot of libertarian circles. And look, 
I don't at all think it's wrong to like admire a, a person for like the accomplishments they've made or like how they or like for any other reason, like if they've improved your life or something like that. I think that's all well and good. Um, and especially, you know, look, here's the thing, right? A lot of people, a lot of libertarians are used to the people they respect being attacked uh, by other people um, who are not doing it in good faith. Yes. So I think there's like a knee jerk reaction that people have when uh, uh, like a libertarian criticizes like Hoppe or Rothbard or something that or Dave like, Smith triggers like a, or Dave Smith. Yeah, it triggers a knee jerk reaction uh, to immediately assume, well, either you haven't read enough of this person or, uh, you know, you're just some Lulbert who just, you know, doesn't care about the actual theory or something like that. Or you're uh, a secret yeah. communist. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, okay, can we talk about that, too? Uh, like, <laughs> been... I thought that might... Right. I thought that... <laughs> you immediately started talking fast. <laughs> yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, I don't know what definition of communism uh, Dave is running under, but I personally think socializing uh, property uh, by net the net taxpayers, uh, that's probably kind of closer yeah. uh, to a yeah. communist position than mine. Yes, I would think um, so too. The position that 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 the people own shit. Yeah, that's not communist yeah. at all. No. <laughs> that all the that all the net taxpayers have a a, a, a claim to the le- public land. Uh, yeah, no, surely not. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was fucking ridiculous, and several people said it. There are people calling people socialists and stuff, and it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? You're the one making the socialization argument! Yeah, 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 even, yeah, that's the thing. Even if you wanted to say my position was socialist, uh, yours is literally socializing uh, the property towards the net taxpayers. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, there was one other side of this argument. I'm sorry, continue. Okay. I want you you to finish up. No, 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 go I, I was going to talk about the militarization t- part next. Oh, um, Christ. Yeah, yes, I guess no. that has to be addressed. Go ahead. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I just... This um, is genuinely insane. Uh, like, like, here's the thing, right? We, we've had these disagreements. We've talked about this on the show, about, like, the closed border versus open border libertarian. Um, this is so far removed from any other closed border libertarian take that I've ever seen. Didn't we excoriate uh, Vivek for saying something similar? Well, Vivek was wanting to drone strike cartels. Oh, uh, yeah, so that's what that. Ago. Yes. OK. All right. Yeah. But. um, This is just like, uh, I don't know how you as a libertarian say this, like, even if you think, hey, um. Right. Like, let's say, like, right, that you're a closed world libertarian and you believe that uh, the public lands in the United States are actually the private property of the taxpayer. OK, OK. I dis- I strongly disagree with you, but I can at least understand where if you accept that premise, I can see how that you, you reach that conclusion. Right. Yes. OK. I don't see how you reach. We need to protect people's private property. Let's put the military stationed on the border of the everyone's private property (laughs) it's almost like it's almost like okay let's take the military and it's like okay out of all the bases and all the wars around the world okay i'm Uh with you yeah i'm with you all right let's bring them all back home okay yeah i'm liking this Uh, yeah and put them on the border fuck you (laughs) yeah yeah i mean the first half not gonna lie (laughs) 
Uh, no, I'm, um, I'm, I, I agree with you. I, I, I find that to be ridiculous in a couple of ways, not only just from a logistical perspective and, and from a political perspective. I think it's a crazy thing to say. But, but also, um, again, what you're doing is you're arguing that the government has the right to do this, has the right to patrol this land and make sure that people don't cross it. And if you want the military there, there's a presumption that you want to shoot anyone who walks oh, across yes, it. Oh, yes, no, it's an explicit threat of violence just to have them there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it, absolute. <clears throat> it, it, at that point, to me, it just comes off as just, okay, so you're just jerking off now. This is just masturbation right. for you. Because like, this is not... Uh, for someone who quote unquote lives in reality, th- that's so fucking insane. Oh my god, you just triggered me. God, oh my god. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> um, you mind if I like die, uh, take a detour on that point specifically for? A yes, second? feel free. The people who say this, who say, "Oh well, you're just you're not living in reality." You're living in your, you know, your theory world and in Kapistan in your head. This is people who, by the way, this is, I want to, I want to make it explicit. This is people who call themselves libertarians and accuse other libertarians of this. Yes. I would just like to understand, um, when, when someone says this, that, well, you're not living in the real world. It's like, okay. What well, Bron, what what do you mean by that? And what do you think we should do? And three, and I think probably the most important thing. If you're saying that I'm not living in the real world here because I'm trying to consider like possible justified solutions to something, uh then what are you doing? Like like what is the person who says that? What what are they doing? Yes. These are, they're advocating for something else, right? So the idea of this would be like, you know, you're just, you know, um, I live in the real world, the matter of fact world, right? The concrete, like where my thoughts don't change reality. I live in the real world. Okay. Do you as a person think that things should be some something other than what they are right now? Because if you do, if you do think that, then you are living in your head, too. Right? Anytime. Why are you arguing for a policy at all? Why are you arguing for yes. a policy at all under a democratic administration that's not going to do it? If the argument is that uh, that you shouldn't, you know, um, you shouldn't live in your head and try to find possible justified ways of solving a problem, then th- these people sh- are, are essentially saying themselves if we stick to this line of reasoning that they themselves can't put forward any also possible solutions to how to fix this because they're living in their head too right right um in fact when someone says that to you if someone says to you if someone says specifically to you that uh you're just living in your head you're not living in the real world uh, what that is implying is that they don't think uh i mean this is obviously very hypocritical but they don't think that you should be coming up with possible, like, justified solutions to these problems. And basically what they're also saying is that any wishing or any want to change the matter-of-fact world 
is pointless, right? The yes. world is matter of fact. And, you know, what you're doing is just pointless. You're not actually doing anything. But by that same token, when they're telling me that I shouldn't be doing this, they're trying to create a state of affairs where I'm not doing this, which currently doesn't exist, right? Because yes. I am doing this. So what they're doing is they're wanting me to not do this. So therefore, they themselves are trying to create a world that doesn't currently exist. I know that yeah. sounds confusing, but they're essentially doing a, uh, a performative contradiction here. It is. They're engaged, they're engaged in the, they're, they're arguing that I should not argue in, in a sense, right? Uh, <laughs> they're arguing the opposite. They're arguing that Hume's guillotine cuts the other direction. That, that the idea that oh. the idea that you I'm sorry what oh no no that's a good point yeah keep going the the idea that Hume's guillotine is the idea that you cannot uh, get a a a, a normative statement a, a a prescriptive statement from a descriptive statement that simply yes. describing a thing does not mean that 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 thing is is prescribed meaning you you cannot get right. put simply you cannot get an ought when by describing an is yes. yep. Okay, the argument that well yep. you're just not living in reality. You have all these other yada yada. yada, yada. That's that is in direct contravention of Hume's guillotine. Yeah, I, they they seem to think that like uh, that the world itself just provides you with normative odds, right? Right. That, <laughs> That, uh, that that's such a good point uh, because it's like okay well yeah i'm not living in in you know the matter of fact world but if you just live in the matter of fact world uh you're paralyzed <laughs> like, yeah you, 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 you cannot uh, make choices right because if you're just living in the matter of fact world, and and this is just really i think in in uh this all boils down to an improper view of like what the world is really itself, yes. because the world is not matter of fact. The, it, it, it is at, at any present time, you can say it's matter of fact, but that's just a snapshot, right? Uh, the world, is, it'd be like, you know, look, it's like taking a picture, right? And you might take a picture and you might think uh, a person who doesn't understand what a picture is, they'd be like, oh, look, the world's frozen. Right. <laughs> like, well, well no. It's- you took a snapshot in time is what yes. happened. You didn't, the world's not frozen. That it's just, a, it's just a little sliver that was captured. Well, everyone intuitively uh, understands the idea that change is the only constant that, 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 that <laughs> I mean, that's the reason it's trite. That's the reason it's a cliche. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the word, the matter of fact world is built upon people creating it and making choices making uh, people who are not satisfied with the current state of affairs and they change it. In fact, this is deeply praxeological, uh, right? According to praxeology, according to Mises, right? The the reason we act is because we are motivated to instantiate a world that does not currently exist to satisfy some desire of ours, right? Uh, That is why we act, is because there's something... And again, I, these, these words can sometimes, like, you can quibble with the, the language, but, um, uh, you know, we are dissatisfied in some sense of how things are, and we act to try to improve them. Yes. And that is why human beings act. Whether that's because so, we have an unmet need, or we have some desire, or we 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the same, by um, the other side of the coin, want to get rid of desire. You decide to be a Zen Buddhist, right? Well, you make that decision, you make that change because you desire to be, rid of, desire. be rid of desire. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, right. So it's, so that is like why we act. So the their understanding of what the real world is, is just completely flawed. And that's why they had, that's why they reached these conclusions about like um, the the somehow uh, like they, they seem to think they're they're like metaphysical dualists, uh, not not like mind and matter. Well, actually, they have mind and matter, but uh, not in like an anthropomorphic sense, but like in a metaphysical sense. Yes, they think of their well. There's a matter of fact world here that is just unchanging, and then there's this uh, you know on the other side that is inaccessible. Then there's people who are just like you know imagining things. Uh, that's just pointless because well we live in the real world and they are they're off in Plato land right yeah or right right like that. well that's exactly well you 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 said something there and I don't think you said what what I what I heard but um they they see the world as it is as the platonic world of forms like things are this is all there is this is all that there can be. Is the, oh. this is this idea right. of the platonic like the the reality as a concrete thing that is totally mm-hmm. unchangeable and cannot be first of all can be uh, understood in 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 any uh, objective sense which people quibble about i think it probably can but that's not the point the point is that they think they have the correct objective understanding of it and that it is the platonic ideal of what is and I think you're, I actually think you're giving them too much credit because I don't think they actually believe that. I think they're just deeply confused people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I, the kind think... of thing, I mean, here's the thing too. This is, this is the thing that, that bothers me. And I know, I know I'm, I should not take this position because, and I should not make this argument because ultimately it does not matter. Okay. Ultimately. But. Mm-hmm. I will make the argument, and I will take the position with these people in particular, the people who are the, you're just not living in reality, and yet they call themselves libertarians. Okay. My position, my, my, I am of the mind that if you're going to make that kind of argument, you must have at least as much of a real-world impact as I do. (laughs) Yeah. At least. And if you do better than me, well, fine, great, good for you. That's wonderful. Yeah. But if that's the standard that we're holding each other to, I'm holding you to that same standard. This month, a grandmother didn't catch a felony charge for defending herself because my wife and I were there and we stopped that from happening. That's awesome. So, my point is, what's the most recent thing you did to actually positively influence the condition of freedom in the world? The most recent thing you did, reality liver. Yeah. 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 <laughs> now, I personally don't think that's necessary to be correct. I think a person can be correct and uh, fucking never leave a basement. I think a person is, is capable of that. Okay. Right. But they don't. So right. you have to be doing at least as good as I am because I'm a fucking theory cell. If you're losing to a theory <laughs> cell, your whole point's moot. <laughs> Yeah. And I, you know, I, I think just argumentatively, the easiest way to defeat these people is, is like, uh, if they say that to you, if they say, well, I'm living in reality, you're just living in your head. It's like, okay, have you ever wanted a state of affairs that did not exist? Yeah. At the time. Have you ever acted 
Yeah, have you ever acted? <laughs> have you ever wanted to change something in in the current state of affairs uh, that did not exist at that time? Did you were you thirsty and you went to the fridge to get some water? <laughs> if you Jesus. did, you desired a world, a state of affairs that did not exist prior to your action. And I know that's like very like you know uh, like floaty philosophical stuff, but it I, I really do want to drill down on these people when they say this, this stuff because it just it, it it shows a complete misunderstanding of. The, their worldview. Oh, quite it's, it's it's totally incorrect. It's totally inc- it's the it is you they they are actively reversing Hume's guillotine and thinking they have a point. It's just not right. It, 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 it's 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 insane. It's just in, it's schizoid. It's it's <laughs> it, it, it makes no fucking sense. Totally right. divorced from yeah. reality. In fact, yeah, yeah. <sighs> it, that is one of the most frustrating I... things I've seen is is people who make that argument, and I'm sitting here just like, oh my god, you fucking. But and this is the thing: it makes me make arguments I don't like. I don't like the argument of well, what's the most recent thing you did? Because I know the chances are with a lot of these guys, I'm winning that. You know what I mean? And I don't think right. it's a necessary condition for being correct about libertarianism. I don't think right. it is. But no. it's almost like you're, you're, you, are, you are daring me to challenge you on the real world impact of our two lives. Daring me. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah. continue. No, exactly. No, no, no. That was a great point. Uh you know what? Also, uh, do you have anything else to add on that, or before I like kind of take this somewhere else a little bit? No, um, we. Uh, I, I think. Are you going toward the co-ownership thing? Oh no, no, not yet. Oh, okay. I, there's yeah. one more. Little Go thing ahead. That, there was one more uh, uh, thing that bothers me in like kind of like libertarian circles in general. Sure. Which is that there they'll like be closed border advocates who make the argument that. Well, open borders and closed borders are both rights violations. And then therefore, you know, the open borders people saying that, well, we're violating rights. It's like, okay, yeah, we are. uh, But you are, too. So there's really not a libertarian answer here. This will be this will be a claim um, that really uh, bothers me because um, it implies that there's not a libertarian answer in regards to a situation where force is being used, employed. Right. Um, and this seems to me to be a, also a grave misunderstanding of libertarianism, which is that in any situation where force is being used, libertarianism comes down on one side or the other here. Yes. Um, so, uh, you know, it, it can't both be correct that the state stopping people from crossing the border is aggression and the state not stopping people from crossing the border is aggression. Both of these things cannot be true at the same time. It's one or the other. So, um, I actually think that our, that claim that people make uh, is actually more aggravating than a standard closed border argument, yes. quite frankly, because it's just, uh, it's it's not true. Um, and again, that's only the case because they define open borders bundled with like social services, like welfare and stuff like that. They bundle that together, so that's why they think that. Um, so it's just really just an incorrect methodology is is the reason why they're thinking that. Yes. Um, and I yeah, I'll say one more thing about the Dave Smith thing in particular is that I just to me like. 
if you're going to be a libertarian, and especially when you consider yourself to be the most consistent libertarian, <laughs> um, that's that's the other funny thing is he said he's the most consistent motherfucker around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's fucking you know, laughable. I wouldn't expect a, if you're the most consistent uh, motherfucker around. I wouldn't expect you specifically to argue that, um, you know, like propose arguments about like will of the people or yeah. or um, you know uh, or most people just won't like this you know or it'll be most a lot most people will just be dissatisfied by this answer. Um, now again, if he does, if he does genuinely believe, like uh, uh, from a deontological, like libertarian argument that deduces closed borders, I then let him make that. That's fine. Or if he's a consequentialist, at least say that. That's fine too. Um, uh, at least he's saying it. Yes. But to me, like a libertarian is someone who, like, there's a famous short story, the ones who walk away from Omalas, um, and and sort of the. The premise is that there's this idyllic utopia. Whatever utopia means to you, that's what this is, right? It's intentionally vague for the uh, um, so you like uh, read into it what you want. Um, and you know, there's there's no war, nothing. Uh, it's it's like whatever you define as utopia, that's what it is. Um, but you know, uh, there's like for what for some reason uh, down in like the 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 caverns underneath the city, um, there's a child locked in prison. And for, you know, whatever reason, uh, this child is the reason why this society is utop- is a utopia, pretty much. And if you free this child, you know, pestilence, war, all these horrible things will happen, society will collapse. And it's essentially an argument against utilitarianism. <laughs> this yes. is what this whole, whole little story is about. Um, and the point is that I think a good libertarian is the type of libertarian who believes that justice should be done should the heavens fall. Yes. Right. I believe that, you know, and again, we don't have to like concede the argument and say the heavens will fall at all. We can absolutely like push back all day and all night. But I do think at the end of it, the libertarian should be the one to say, even if this did happen, I'm following, I I am respecting their rights no matter what to me. And, And that to me is like that, that is the libertarian position. Even if they end up being hypocrites and they personally don't respect rights all the time, I think it's still important to propose that as the libertarian ethos. Right? We were we it, were talking. Still, somebody had somebody had presented this idea that like if you had a suicidal family member, would you yeah. would you personally imprison them and 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 against their will make them take treatment mm-hmm. and things of this of this nature? And the answer to that is, would I do it? Maybe. Would it be moral to do it? No. Right. Yeah. Because I'm okay. I'm okay with admitting that I am not morally perfect. Mm-hmm. I think I have a good idea of what moral perfection would require. And I know I don't meet it. Yeah. And that's okay. But what we can't right. start lying to ourselves and saying that every immoral thing that we might be convinced to do is somehow moral because we could be convinced to do it. I'm sorry, that's not the case. Yeah, right. It just isn't. Uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's just such like, narcissism to just be like, I only make right decisions. Fuck you. No, you don't. None of us do. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's the comment. I'm a good person. Uh, I want to do this thing, and because I'm a good person, that means this thing must be good to do, right? It's, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And uh, and that, and that is it's it is difficult. It is a difficult thing 
to admit to yourself that you could be convinced to do something immoral. It's hard, but I'm afraid for the majority of humanity, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And we need to admit that fact because it clarifies so much. It it allows us to break out of this idea that everything we do is right. Well, no, maybe it's not. And maybe you do it anyway. How scary is that? It's one of the most dangerous beliefs to believe everything you do is right, because then you're not, you don't even have a conscience to guard against your actions. Exactly. Exactly. I'm sorry. That was, that was a bit of a sidetrack. No, no, I'm I'm glad you made that. That was, that was good. Um, I, I'm going to add one more thing before we get to the topic. I think you wanted to say for last. Um, yes. Um, there, there's, you know, there's a difference between, and I, I want to uh, shout out Liquid Zulu for this point because he 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 coined it. From my understanding, he coined this, or at least it was the first time I heard it. But like, um, he he said in his Open Borders video, he said we have to be libertarians, not liberty utilitarians. Yes. Um, and that's such a, a good point because it's like I the I see a lot of people out there talking about well, if we want to maximize liberty, then we should you know, want to restrict, uh, you know, people uh-huh. from entering the country we're going to vote against our, you know, ideals of getting someone in caps. It's a problem that I have with Kinsella's maximizing restitution argument is, is that it's ultimately a consequentialist argument. It's a utilitarian argument. Yes. The, like the argument that, well, we want to maximize liberty, even if that means like maximize it in the long run, even if that means violating uh, rights in the short term, and for to, for a libertarian, I think those are incompatible. I, I and here look, uh, um, one of the arguments I think that is has been detrimental, and I actually wanted to um, uh, actually there's a two. So I was reading a post, and I, I I've shared this kind of thought for a while, but I want to actually shout out um, Alice Decay on on Twitter. Um, uh, she made this point in one of her posts where uh, she was like, the, the concept of Ancapistan has been a, a very big detriment to libertarianism, and I actually completely agree. Uh-huh. And I'll explain why. The, a lot of people think Ancapistan is just some like out there thing that libertarianism is like designed to try to reach as almost like libertarianism is a blueprint to try to reach some idyllic endpoint here. Um, when really these people I think are kind of confused, they're not entirely wrong, but they're still wrong enough. Um, the reason for this is right. Like, uh, some people believe that the nap is almost subservient to creating an anarchist society. And if the NAP does not produce the anarchist society or does not produce the tools necessary to create the anarchist society, well, then there's something wrong with the NAP and we need to employ other means to get there. That is what some libertarians believe. If the rule you followed Uh, brought you to this, what use was the rule? Right. Exactly. Exactly. So the the problem is these people have it completely backwards. (laughs) Um, And Kapistan is merely the, would be the fulfillment like, like, uh, okay, may, maybe I, I should be even more clear with my language here. An anar- an a completely anarchist world where no one violated anyone's rights, um, would obviously be the idyllic fulfillment of the non-aggression principle. Um, yes, but 
another way to look at it, and, and this was, you know, uh, and I've thought this in the before, but uh, like Alice Decay, uh, she made a, a good point, and it kind of like reinvigorated uh, this kind of thought process in me, where it was like, actually, I actually think it's 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 more understandable to think about it in the sense of let's imagine we have an anarchist society, but there's also a criminal gang, right? Or uh, in some sense, who is trying to monopolize or maybe has monopolized uh, um, a certain sector of society. But but let's we don't have to call them the state. They can just be a criminal gang. In some ways, you can imagine that we live in an anarchist world now. An anarchist world doesn't, you know, in the sense that there are still criminals who are trying to violate your rights. But we still relate to each other in anarchist uh, relations all the time, right? Yes. So it's not really uh, these things are not mutually. I mean, they're mutually exclusive in the sense that uh, you know, if you're in an anarchist relationship with uh, a a to b, uh, you you can't not be in an anarchist relation with a to b at the same time. But there's a uh, like verticality there, so you can be. I can be in an anarchist relationship with you right now and not in one with the state right now at the same yes. time, right? Yes. So there's different degrees of this. Um, so, like, in the same way, in anarchist society, you could be in an re- anarchist relationship to, like, a couple firms, but also not to the criminal organization that is running rampant in this anarchist society. So in some sense, uh, you know... Uh, I think the idea of a hard division between an anarchist society and a non-anarchist one uh, is probably not the correct way to view it. Um, no, it's to, a, it's it's the it's the same thing as um, like for example, uh, we don't live in a free market, right? But right, we, yeah. But Austrian school economists still make free market argu- arguments, even though we don't yeah, have still- a free market. Yeah, there's still free market activities that happen within this captive market, even right. though it's not, it's not the same as it would be in a in a maximalized free market, right? Exactly. We live in captive anarchy. We don't have maximalized anarchy, but we live in captive anarchy. But truthfully speaking, I don't think ma- I don't think maximalized anarchy is is plausible just because you know there will always be criminals. There will always be people who violate rights, and that's okay. Well, it's, it's the not same okay thing. In the sense that justified, but people. it's okay in the sense that. We can we can have we can still regard this as anarchism even if criminals violate rights. People will accuse you. People will accuse yeah. you of living in Ancapistan in your head with the way that you describe this position. But I want to challenge that. Yes, I want to challenge that. Yeah, I want people to think about their own moral prescriptions that they have. Proscriptions. Mm-hmm. The idea that murder is bad. Do you think there is a yeah. world of humanity where murder will be gone? Right. No. <laughs> There's no such yeah, fucking no. world. It will never happen. Yeah. But we still say and they still that murder, murder is bad. Yep. And, yeah. and think- most of our relationships are non-murderous. Right. So, so, th- 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 so that's the argument. I'm, I'm sorry. That's the counter argument to the people who will say, well, that's just Ancapistan in your head. Having any moral prescription is, is murderless land in, in your, your head. head. Yeah. Yeah, like are you like when people say, "Well, I'm living in reality." Do you not have a conscience? Like, do you, are you thinking? Are are you a philosophical zombie right now? Yes, you know? exactly. Do you have any? I'm sorry, you were going to mention like, Kinsella that before I spun us off. No, no, I'll, yeah, I'll get to that. But it's like, is that what they mean when they say they're living in the real world? Are they like philosophical zombies, like meat bags? Is that what they mean by yeah. the real world? Yes, proudly <laughs> NPCs. Uh, no. 
Um, no, with, with Kinsella, I think Kinsella has, like, one of the best anarchist pieces is what it means to be an anarchist from Stefan Kinsella. And he, there's a very, like, famous, like, quote that goes around from him, like, you see on, like, Facebook and, like, just Twitter and all over the place sometimes. Um, I wish it was actually more popular. But his point in, in this, it's a paraphrase, but it's pretty close, which is that to be an anarchist just means you oppose aggression. You, you legally and morally oppose aggression. That's all it means. It doesn't mean anything else. Like, um, um, right? To be an anarchist, you don't need to be this. You know, you don't. You don't need Ancapistan uh, to be an anarchist. You don't need any of these other external things to be an anarchist. You just need uh, yourself to oppose aggression. And if you are, you're an anarchist. In the same way, uh, you can oppose murder, even if you're the society you live in does not outlaw all murder. <laughs> You know, right. you're an anti-murderist. Uh, exactly. That's exactly. Whether right. it goes away or not. So all of this like idea of like, well, you know, an ANCAP society. Yeah, these are these are ideals to strive towards. But it's not it should never be the case that we sacrifice our principles. The very reasons why we believe in an ANCAP society is ideal to strive for. The, the why of why that's ideal to strive for can never be sacrificed in order to get there. Uh, because that that just undermines the reason for wanting to get there in the first place. Unless you're just a complete consequentialist and you don't care. <laughs> right. Yes. That's I think that's exactly the case. And I I I, I agree with you that the, the people people who see libertarianism or, or or I guess at at very bottom, the non aggression principle, as a method by which one can make and Capistan come about are I think they are confused. I, I because in in all honesty, it's it's expecting a a a deontological moral standard to behave as a utilitarian one. And I just don't think that works. I, I just don't no, think you can yeah. make that I don't think you can square that circle. Even so, like the example would be right. Like, um, I, I, I've used this example a couple times before where it's like, let's think this is going to be a pretty horrendous example, but just go with me. Um, uh, let's imagine we could, like, as libertarians, we could end the state by kidnapping politicians' children and torturing them until they relinquish control, right? Or something yes. like that. Uh, this, um, even if I give, even if I accept, let's say I steal man in it, or let's say I, I accept the presumption that this w- this cause and effect will happen. It will work. Like if, if we, let's say it will work. There's no way I will ever say that's justified, even if it brings about the ANCAP society. Right. <laughs> that's the difference to me between being a libertarian and a liberty utilitarian. Sure, yeah, maybe these kids are going to suffer and die, like a hundred of them or so, but h- how many more people are going to benefit from all this liberty we're going to create at the end of it? You know, it's like, well, I, I-, I don't care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I-, I don't care. I agree with you. Um, now. Um, I- I'm so sorry. I, I am so sorry. Uh, there, uh, I was going to read something about the uh, that a mutual sent me about the uh, children position. I forgot to do it a while back. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, that. No, 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 you mentioned it. You mentioned it. So, so we should do okay. it now because I'm it was sorry. mentioned earlier. I, I apologize. So this is. They want to remain semi anonymous. They, uh, they, we can call. I'll refer to them as menacing. Is is what they wanted me to call them by. Um, <laughs> Uh, but they they were nice enough to uh, write this out uh, because they this is about like the children argument uh, against immigration that I often use. Uh, but they put more of like a narrative spin on it uh, that I found was uh, um, uh, very good. Um, the year is twenty thirty. 
the left has given up on their anti-natalist push and instead decided to seize power through sheer numbers. The call goes out. Have ten children each. Sweeping welfare expansions are passed for families with three or more children. Free daycare is enacted. They're even giving free cell phones to the older ones to help keep track of them all. Walter Smith, a prominent right anarchist, is horrified at this. Uh, He can see this will likely lead to huge problems for liberty in the near future. He uses his large, for a libertarian, platform to begin speaking out. He decries this new, even more expansive welfare regime, but he goes even farther. He begins to activate for procreation limits. He says we cannot have open procreation and a welfare state. We need to have a national database of all people and if their birth was legal and have a system whereby when someone is hired their uh, when someone is hired their legal birth status is verified if someone is caught circumventing the system they must be punished anyone with a child uh, within 100 miles of a hospital may be stopped by police and asked about their legal birth status <laughs> i'm i'm all for birth he says i'm just for legal birth <laughs> um, Furthermore, he begins saying that, in fact, his position is the only libertarian position. Why, if you disagree with restricting the free birth of babies, then not only are you not a libertarian, but you're nothing more than a communist. (laughs) He begins (laughs) to say that since taxpayers are stolen from, they really own the roads, and therefore the birth checkpoints are the will of the net taxpayers. If you think that this is a gross violation of rights, then you must want people to be able to shoot up heroin in libraries or for pedophiles to walk into kindergartens. (laughs) Truly a horrifying and embarrassing turn of events, but it's all just a story, right? (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate that. Thank you, miss. That's a a very good uh, uh, narrative sort of description. Yeah. And it's yeah. <laughs> as we covered as we covered in the past over the past hour and a half or so. It's uh, it's that is exactly the argument boils down to that, or at mm-hmm. least I will say there's no reason it, under the logic that's being used here. There's no reason that it can't be right. Yep. I am here in editing. Um, at, at this point in the show, Ace and I started talking about something else entirely. That was a it's a topic unto itself. And it made the audio file extend to past an hour and a half, or four hours and uh, four and a half hours. So I'm cooked, obviously. Um, we, uh, I decided, and and uh, Ace Ace uh, agreed that that this should be split, and uh, and that discussion is going to be uploaded as its own audio file, um, as, as it's it really is only about one topic, and it's a long conversation that we were having. Um, and I thought it was a, a good conversation, but I also thought it kind of needed to be intentional if people were going to be pressing play on it and, and people needed to know what they were in for. And so that is going to be uploaded uh, next on the feed on its own. Um, and I'm just going to paste the outro from that chunk right here. So uh, uh, thanks for listening, I guess. Bye. So do you have any any plugs, anything like that you want to talk about? Nope, I'm good. All right. Uh, Pacing Joe Scott on Twitter, J-O-U-S-K-A. And uh, 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 on Blue Sky as well, J- uh, Pacing Joe Scott on Blue Sky on social. Um, the show, T-E-T-C dot show on Blue Sky, at T-E-T-C show on Twitter. And uh, goodness gracious, 
Thank, thank you for if if you're listening to this at the end of the of the episode below this. Um, once, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you're listening to this at the end of this one, thank you so much for listening. And if you're listening Aren't to this, good. yes, and if you're listening to this at the end of both, uh, good God, what are you what are you thinking? <laughs> Later, guys. <laughs> Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of The End Times Continue. For links and other information, come see us at TETC.show.